Hello and welcome to this advertisement on the Father Ted podcast. This is your host, James. I've actually moved on from the Father Ted podcast now to something bigger and better. It's called New Ireland TV. It's a new TV station for a new Ireland. It's available for free worldwide on Roku and Amazon Fire TV Stick, and there's no additional signups required. There's all sorts of content like comedy, history, cuisine, drama, factual, and we will be getting into more scripted content in the future, so stick around. But if you liked uh, all the discussions you hear on the Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast, please tune in to New Ireland TV, a new TV station for a new Ireland. Are you ready? Would be an ecumenical matter. Hello and welcome to Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast. Well, we've made it. We're here at the final, final episode, the wrap-up episode. Yay! We're, going to, uh, we're going to reveal the uh, the winners of our, uh, our voters' poll of who is the best, which is the best episode of Father Ted of all time. Uh, we've got a few bits of housekeeping to get on with first, though. Um, well, actually, let's just celebrate the fact we've got to twenty-five episodes. We've reviewed each episode of Father Ted, and uh, uh, yeah. We're happy. And here with me today, we have Lindsay. Say hello, Lindsay. Hello. Uh, How goes it? Uh, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. We are, yeah. It's a bit blustery. You might hear some yeah, sort of... It's the whistling. It's just the wind. Yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's just, it's just God's wrath. God's wrath. But, he's, uh, he, he's punishing you, James. Punishing me, yeah. All, all my sins, all of sins. which there are many. Uh, what are you up to these days, Lindsay? Uh, yes. Not a lot. Um, I've, I've got one of those like normal jobs, which is taking up a lot of my time, and it's very upsetting. Um, I'm trying to do something about that. <laughs> so make, it, make it so. Make it so. Uh, Lindsay Mitchell, actor, available for work. Available for pretty work. much, yeah, yeah. Pretty. Weddings, bar mitzvahs, anything. I'm not proud. Will will work for caffeine. Cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Glenn, uh, you remember Glenn from? Actually, you remember both these uh, yeah. both these contributors. We've had Lindsay and Glenn on twice. Uh, are you Glenn? Oh, good, good, good. Uh, am I the first three-time guest? You're not actually Colin, is it? Fuck! Uh, uh, fucking! I don't know who that is, but fuck him. I had this whole thing where I was going to go like three time, three time, three time guest, but no, it's gone now. Well, you should have done it before you asked. Oh, you see, you yeah. still are three time guest. Because it's not the Colin. Colin's a new favourite. Who's Colin? Colin uh, Hazard. Oh yes, talented man. Ooh, talented Colin man. Hazard, Mr. Poetry. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Colin. I read the poem, and then I said it out loud in a pub. <laughs> I was and joking. Lindsay, there's no call for He's a talented guy. There's no call for I, I, I like him call. really. James, we'll, we'll, we'll cut that out. We'll cut that out in editing. Well, I'm just, I'm just, is there editing? Uh, there's no editing. There. Are we live? Going out as is. Shit. Uh, okay. <laughs> there probably will be a bit of editing. Colin will be expecting a letter of apology from Lindsay on, <laughs> on his poetry desk tomorrow. Colin will probably be uh, happy enough to know that. He, Colin can dry his eyes because I'm um, like he's getting so much publicity from us just talking about him here. That's exactly what he wants. Well, yeah, as much as I want to continue the intra-ecumenical matters rivalries, uh, I did want to bring up your previous um, your previous guest uh, appointment, Glenn. Uh, when you uttered such horrible, horrible language, which oh. I have heard nothing about, actually. Oh yeah, what one was that? The one where you, uh, the free speech one. Oh yeah, yeah. We, we went off on this uh, insanely long tangent that he had to edit down. Yeah. <laughs> that was about five minutes long after all the editing. After the editing, yeah, it just sounds like a wee bit of like. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, well, it sounds like me and Vince talking a couple of sentences of crap, and then James going, "Enough of this nonsense! Back to Father Ted." But the actual thing was like. 50 minutes of nonsense. Yeah, it was like 45 minutes at the end of the Father Ted podcast where yeah. we discussed the uh, 
the, the, the rights and wrongs of free speech. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Though. I enjoyed uh, that. And like how much do you feel has come true now in the intervening months? A lot. Like a, a lot of what I said has come true, yeah. It even ties in, avoiding the tangent, but it, it maybe ties in with one of the many, many, many reasons why Hillary Clinton got such a kickback and lost was because of that that kind of like the left selling out on everything but identity politics. See? Yeah. Glenn, Glenn so I think the, I uh, predicted that, yeah. No, well, that's not the only reason why a corporate stood like her field. I wish I had a shiny penny for every time I've heard this rant from him. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to cut you off now. Just saying, I was, about, I was about to give you a good send off. There um, was 50 <laughs> minutes more, James, just cut it out. I was about to give you a good, a good segue there and you just freaking oh, ruined sorry, that do, for do, me. And well, now, now it doesn't work. It's So now it's crazed alt-right commentator. Shall we do some Father Ted stuff? False dichotomy. False dichotomy. False dichotomy there. If if you're not down with the, the progressive, uh, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, intersectional bullshit? Then you are all right. I deny that absolutely. Absolutely. So do your segue, though. We'll do We'll do your segue. Well, it's too late now. No, just, just do it. Just be like yeah. rest and we'll script it and we'll do the segue. No, now, now I need a clean start because oh. we have to cut all that last five minutes out. So with us tonight. Uh, well. <laughs> This is a sort of final episode. Uh, just before we came on air there, uh, I did interview our super, uh, well, our, our biggest fan, I, I would say. He's been contributing to the podcast and to the Facebook page quite a lot, Richard Fenton. So we had a quick uh, interview with him just before we came on there, and here you can hear it now. All right. Well, hello, Richard. How are you? Hello there, Father. How are you? Are you well? I'm <laughs> oh, great, thanks. Good. Uh, yeah, trying to get this sorted. Uh, this is the final podcast, so uh, just wanted to give you a nice big thank you for all your um, all your assistance and all your support uh, you've now been graduated from mere parishioner to uh, to bishop of the bishop of the college <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah as you know we're doing our um, we're doing our you know our final episode our wrap-up episode and we're talking about our top five episodes and we had a vote there so did you get did, did you get voting I did I voted well I voted, I can't remember which episode I voted for, to be honest, because it was a, good, a few weeks, well, a couple of weeks, well, two, three weeks ago. Yeah, it started back um, in November, so. Yeah, I voted for some, I can't, you know, off the top of my head, I can't remember which one I voted for. Um, but I was so, I was, when I saw the, the options, I was quite surprised that kicking Bishop Brennan up the arse wasn't on there. <laughs> I've had a few. That was, that was my, that was, it's my favourite episode of all time. Favourite five to ten episode. I just love it. It's yeah. just fantastic. Well, you've got a, you've got a common, uh, common, uh, <laughs> common person in the room here who likes that as well. We've had a few people have, have been missing that one, uh, and also the Christmas episode and the. Uh, uh, the airplane episode, but we'll get to that later on in the podcast. Uh, but you're living over in America, aren't you? Yeah, I live in Wash. I live in southeast Washington State in a place called Richland, which is about four hour drive from from Seattle. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, small town USA kind of situation. And is there many Father Ted fans around? Is there? Actually, yes. My mother-in-law loves Father Ted. Oh, fantastic, right? And uh, she's American, so, is she? Yeah. yeah, she is. And the American audience that watch it do get Father Ted, and they get it straight away. So, so the, the, yeah. from the conversations that I've had, yeah, they get it straight away. Fantastic. You know, 
Uh, fantastic, yeah. And uh, yeah, you've uh, so, so this this concept that Americans can't get it, like these watch Americans see Father Ted for the first time. All these BuzzFeed yeah. videos, they're not uh, they're not accurate in your opinion. Uh, no. No. No, I mean it's not just my mother-in-law's. You know, few friends have seen it and they love it. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, uh, I am actually doing a crossover uh, podcast with an Australian podcast as well, actually, uh, and the two guys haven't seen Father Ted, so it'll be fun to see um, what they think of it uh, and see yeah. if it does travel over there as well. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just uh, also I found you as well on, on SoundCloud. So you're a DJ. Do you do much DJing then? DJ? Yeah. I'm not the spin master. <laughs> you got more than one record? <laughs> This town is coming like a ghost town. Yeah. <laughs> no, no I, I'm not. A, I, I'm just a, um, a musician that makes, you know, his own tracks and songs. And um, I'm in the middle of recording vocals for songs that should have had vocals because of them ages ago. I just got around to getting myself a top notch microphone. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm hoping to have something on there, something like Reverb Nation, you know, uh, iTunes, you know, where I could sell my res, as it were. Fantastic, fantastic. And uh, what name do you go under so uh, people listening can find it? Richard Fenton. That's Richard, and Fenton is F E N T O N. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, well, thanks very much, Richard. Uh, I'll let you head on now because uh, I know you're on your lunch break. So, thanks very much for your uh, listening and your support. And uh, for the final time, and uh, bless you. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. So, that was Richard. Uh, yeah, it's from uh, Seattle. Uh, well, outside Seattle. Sounds like a nice bloke. He does, yeah. He sounds like a great guy. And, uh, and like I said, he's been. He's been uh, contributing to the podcast and the Facebook page, and he's he's uh, starting his own musicianship. There he's got go. a Manchester accent, and he looks about the same sort of era as the sort of Manchester scene. So he sounds like someone. He, he sounds like your man out of the Happy Mondays, doesn't he? That's, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm mad for it. I'm mad for it. Yeah. So I was going to ask him would he would he be playing the Hacienda, but of course that closed down about ten years ago. So uh, <laughs> we're getting old. Yeah. I like this point though about the the Father Ted humor actually does work with some Americans. Now that whole idea that they have one big monolithic sense of humour that's piss obvious and not subtle is neither fair nor true, you know? No, I, I, I agree, yeah. It's, um, is that one of our terrible stereotypes that we have about the American people? Well, there's this, there's this thing that went around BuzzFeed Ireland about, about a year or two ago um, where watch Americans pronounce Irish names, watch Americans see Hurling for the first time, watch Americans watch Father Ted. <laughs> and it was like... Because they don't have the fucking cultural inferences that Irish people have, obviously it's going to be very jarring for them. And it wasn't just Americans, it was like a very specific subset of BuzzFeed writers in America who just happened to be free on that day to record that video, who didn't quite get it because they were all about 19. Of and course, they were, yeah. were younger than the show itself. And it's, yeah. you know, it's this sort of, yeah, looking down upon, you know, people just because they don't get <laughs> look at our inside jokes that they don't get. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, this is the country that made a sitcom out of fucking blossom and stuff like that like so just saying I mean their oh. sense of humour might be a little <laughs> you see that's exactly <laughs> the kind of generalisation I was opposing there because it's the country of Bill Hicks for freak's sake that's, that's the true, country that's of true. immensely talented people it's um, also the country of a lot of wankers as well 
Also a lot of wankers too, yeah. <laughs> but they actually do have a lot. Like the idea that Americans don't get irony and sarcasm. That's not true, true though. That isn't true, no. That's not fair. Yeah, it just takes one brand of humour and like makes it out that the entire country has that. That's like we saying Germans have no sense of humour. That's not true. They just have their own little unique sense of humour. <laughs> that makes sense to other Germans. Yeah. <laughs> well, quite a lot of my uh, international listeners are from Germany. Are they? Yeah. So, Jawohl! So they must, they must have done, uh, including well, what's funny. I'm sure they're all super people. The biggest market for British sitcom exports is Germany. So is it? Yeah, where, where is this? Do German, do, uh, what's the average German sitcom like? Do they have many homegrown stuff? Or? Uh, I don't know, I've never, never sought you, them you out. Don't, you don't really see much of But like, sure, I wouldn't Ger be looking because I can't speak German, so... Yeah, but you know, they, they, they did it to Faulty Towers and The Office and exported all over the world. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, dubbed and stuff. So I mean, that wouldn't stop anybody. Well, yeah, I think I think they do dub the stuff a lot. But you, like, if you met German students, you're just as likely to get them to quote Monty Python back to you as they are an English student, like. Yeah. So yeah. Things with not every American uh, comedy fan is some Buzzfeed nineteen-year-old who's you know exactly. never seen anything except for. I don't know, yes. college humour videos or something? Yeah, exactly. The, what the kids into these days, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of touch, man. Uh, I don't know what's on. I, I reckon Father Ted uh, hasn't dated that badly because it's broadly speaking, it's panto. I mean that in the positive sense. And that kind of thing's kind of universal. Yeah, you know? yeah, the big, the big humour. And like we've discussed over the course of the podcast, it has hit so many um, touchstones of different types of comedy. Like it, it hit the sort of like a big farcy slapstick sort of stuff. It hit, um, you know, sort of dry humour as well, Ted's one-liners and stuff. Uh, it hits, you know, social humour, if you want to call it that, yeah. by, you know, Ted's reaction to the gay people and uh, different races and everything. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, I think it can travel. I think it can mm. hold up. Um, it also has a, well, I remember saying before, my appearance before, not the sidetracky one, the previous one where we stayed on topic, that... Uh, I reckon Ted's at its best when it's rooted in the reality that uh, Ted brings it. So his awkwardness. And he was always brilliant at that kind of, like, he keeps it as this real guy surrounded by crazy characters. Yes, yeah. And yeah. when it's rooted in that reality, it's just incredible. So mixed in with all the panto and the slapstick and the classic French farce stuff, is this one real, you know, performance by Dermot just, like, keeps it rooted. Exactly, yeah. It's that little bit of the office in it that keeps it real, I think. And when that's not there, you do feel it. Yeah, it's um, yeah when when there's not a sort of audience surrogate character, and I think I think Father yeah. Ted is a brilliant audience surrogate character, which I've sort of realised during the podcast because he's not just the straight man, as in he's not just the one who points out that somebody else is being crazy or points out somebody else is being funny or just sets up a, a funny line for somebody else. He is actually a fully rounded character, and uh, he has, as I said, plenty of jokes of his own, and he's just as popular as uh, with with the fans of the show. As you know, the big crazy characters like uh, Dougal and Jack yeah. and Mrs. Doyle, like which is, as I said before, it is sort of rare to have the like of any Big Bang Theory fans. Do you think like um, you know the guy with the glasses most? Oh yeah, very yeah. few, I would imagine. You know what I mean? Um, what's it? What's his name? I only, only said it because it was on before he came in. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean the one who's not Sheldon? The uh, one who's yeah. not Sheldon. Yeah. The one who's not Sheldon's the only one I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of like the the way. Uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer plays Fraser Crane. Fraser was a very large than life crazy character in Cheers. You know, in the sense that he was very, very snobby, very stuck up, and very detached from the world. But when he became a lead, when he became the protagonist in his own show, they had to tone that down a notch. Well, cause he, so that everyone else around him was, was a bit more was he, crazy. Was that just compared to the other characters in Cheers, or was it when he was yes, became the centre yeah. of his own world when he was with? 
people who were more of his own type. Yeah. And he, he still is wasn't like, so obvious. It is still like Ted in that he's still like a funny character. It's just that he's got that reality and that reaction to the stuff around him. Whereas Niles Crane became the Sm- comedy foil. Uber snob. Yeah. yeah. He became a, he became like the Fraser of Cheers, so to speak. <laughs> and Dermot kind of played that same kind of role with Father Ted. It's like just keeping him being, I think you call him the audience identification figure. Yeah. And that's he does that so well. And I kind of noticed in your reviews, because I listened to a bunch of other episodes, kind of scattershot all together, was that the ones where it gets too pantomime, you and Vince weren't too keen on. Yeah. Just loses that. Um, yeah, certainly Vince didn't like the sort of definite sitcom tropes. Um, uh, and yeah, it's, I mean, I, I didn't mind them. Like, sometimes watching somebody jump through a window is funny. Oh yeah, <laughs> just yeah. just watch somebody jump through a window, and they do it so well. Like, and, and as Crusty Crown says, you know, the pain in the face gag is only funny if it if it saps got dignity. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the fact that Ted is, you know, he does try to maintain his dignity and everything. Um, you know, him, you know, suffering a great fall off a of a, yeah. of a bench. You know, <laughs> I think it's what uh, Billy Connolly said it. Uh, where you're vulnerable, you're funny. Yes, yeah. And Ted has that, you know, Dermot excludes that. If he and himself was, you know, like an invulnerable comedy character, it wouldn't work. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Even characters like Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin have that little bit of, like, uh, a lot less than Ted, but that little bit of reality that grounds him just enough. Like, just... Not not all the time. Homer, maybe not for years now, but he used to. I don't think Peter Griffin either. (laughs) Uh, he does to a degree he's, like uh, uh, he, has, he has these moments but uh, yeah only in the sense usually that usually in like the wrap up scene but <laughs> when he's in despair and agony it's it's kind of real it's usually overdone but you know where he's been traumatised by like you know being raped in a prison yard because of his you know arse walk they kind of play it sort of real just enough like, I, I don't know but he yeah. shrugs you, it off like 10 minutes later <laughs> that is an actual episode yes anyway okay. so, <laughs> as I said we're, we're getting to the uh, we're getting to the the top five and we had 10 contenders uh, and we were, we were sort of picking them up as we went along the podcast so we reviewed every episode in order and we said at the end whether it was a top five contender or not uh, and I picked 10 uh, so then we put them to a public vote which was over about two months um, so we started in November and we finished it just there on the 6th of January uh, so we hoped, uh, what we came up with then it was the well here's the runners up actually before we before we get started uh, so I'm just going to play a wee clip here hopefully this works uh, and as you can hear and uh, we'll have comments afterwards. Number, Number 10, Tentacles of Doom. But if you could uh, just give us a bit of a warning when you're going to do anything so- ah! Number 9, The Night of the Nearly Dead. I'm Owen McLove, I can do what I like. Number 8, New Jack City. God, I love being a priest. <laughs> We're all going to heaven, lads. Way. Number seven, competition time. Sack me! Sack me! I made the BBC! <laughs> I made it! <laughs> Number six, the passion of Centibulus. Down with this sort of thing. Careful now. Down with this sort of thing. Yeah, so that was our runner jobs. That was ten to six. Um, that's entered uh, common parlance now, hasn't it? <laughs> well, exactly. Down yes. this sort of thing. Yes, um, but I want to. So that none of those made the top five. That's so what's your response that's to that? Surprising, but that bodes well for what the actual top ones are. Well, <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking. I, I thought I thought down with this sort of thing would be a top fiver. Uh, yeah, it shows you the quality though. If that doesn't make the the uh, top, like. And interestingly, of the ten 
uh, the ten sort of contenders. Uh, only two were season one episodes, and we've both we've had them both already. So mm. it's all season two and three from in the top five. Mm. Uh, so there you are now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good choice of quotes, though. You kind of like, uh, yeah, like almost the best quote of the episode. Like, well, those are the lines of the show from. Yeah, definitely. Well, so you only need to say it like a couple of times to totally remember what was going on. It's <laughs> yeah. very memorable. Ex- exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and there was some, there was some ones where we kind of had a more descriptive line of to describe what the show was, uh, but you know, there was funny lines there instead. Uh, but yeah, that was. Um, that was a six till it's ten to six, and uh, yeah, as I say, we're good. we're up for a we're up for a, a treat into number five. So let's see what it is. At five, Dougal falls in with the irresponsible Father Demo in season two, episode four, "The Old Grey Whistle Theft." Father Damien, uh, Father Frost says you're to go home. Your tea is ready. <laughs> Tell him I'm not going. I'm having dinner here. Oh, are you? <laughs> Yeah, hello, Father. <laughs> uh, no, he's staying here for dinner. <laughs> um, uh, Father Damien, Father Frost said you're to go home immediately. Shoy! Did you tell him I'm having dinner here? Uh, yes. Well, time to flick off, then. <laughs> Line of the show. Yeah, which one do you prefer? Oasis or Blur? Blur. What? Oasis, I, I mean Oasis. <laughs> what we said at the time. The whistle has been stolen, as we know, and it's uh, by an unknown assailant. But we do have a witness who says, hello, father, so we know it's a priest. Now, that, uh, that scene was very, um, it was very well stylized, and it looked like a horror film. I, it reminded me a lot of uh, Evil Dead. Evil Dead, that's exactly, exactly the one I was about to bring up. It's uh, that's the camera moving like that. Yes. It's, uh, it's a Sam Raimi trademark, and him and Joel and even and Cohen all came up with that when they were making the Evil Dead films where they had a camera and basically what they did was affix the camera to a plank uh, and just all carried a long running and nobody had ever thought to do this before You feel like you're looking through the eyes of something that's alive Yes, exactly, exactly and something that's on, on prey something that's on the crowd like. IMDB gave us an 8, 2, 8.2 out of 10 so it is actually one of the higher rated episodes uh, and as, as I said before it's, a, it's definitely one of my top 5 well, top 5 contender it may I actually quite high in top five surprisingly now. enjoyed it. I, it was because it was an episode I haven't seen in so long. So, Father Demo, oh. get into top five. What do you he's, think of that? He's a bad wee rip. Well, he is, yeah. He's a bad wee rip. Is uh, is one man crime wave in Craggy Island? Well, yeah, indeed. <laughs> he, even a special pull-out supplement on whistles. Uh, <laughs> he, he crosses the media storm. It's apparently still one of the actors' favourite roles. Uh, I watched that, uh, the documentary, The Return to Craggy Island, where they go back after yeah. X number of years and they go back to the place where they shot it all. And there's a brief kind of interview with him where he says it's still one of the roles he's known for and loved doing. And he really nails that rebellious kid thing. Yeah, he, yeah. Like he nails it to the ground. It's like, we all knew a kid like that when we were young. Like Some, <laughs> something of the Terry Christian about him or something. Yeah. <laughs> T- Terry Christian was a 90s TV presenter kid. Yeah. <laughs> Am I showing my age again? I've got to be quiet. Well, his, his name's Joe Rogan, and yeah. uh, he was in Belfast actually last week. Uh, I didn't get around to seeing him, uh, unfortunately. It was actually him, Father Stone, and uh, Owen McLove all this, uh, do a tour together. Oh. Was this the Father Ted thing that was on? on that, I, d- uh, I don't know. I, I think they just touched I haven't seen it, as I said, but uh, they two or three stand-ups uh, together as a... Further Ted, that's what it was called. Further Ted, Further yes. Ted, yes. Yeah. Um, so I they, meant they to go to that, but I was tired. 
And he's uh, Joe Rogan. Not, Rogan, yeah. I've seen not him. Not like Joe okay. Rogan of like like UFC Joe sorry, Rogan. Sorry, yeah. yes. I'll correct myself. Joe Rooney. Joe, Joe Rooney. Rooney. I, say, yeah. I was about I was about to say <laughs> Well done, Glenn. Joe, Joe Rogan. Uh, I didn't give enough I didn't mention the name enough in the You corrected James and you and you proved that you knew something about sport. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh, I, was, I was about to say I didn't give him enough name checking in the original podcast so it's a good thing you spotted that or else I would have given the wrong name check here as well you must do more research James <laughs> uh, but he, he's uh, yeah no I listened to since that I've listened to um, an Irishman Abroad podcast with, uh, with him on it and he's uh, yeah he's, he's, a, he's a fascinating character and he, he said he had a lot of trouble with mental health and everything and he was very very good at sport when he was in, in school and everything because when he went in a football pitch, all he had to focus on was sport. Uh, and that was the only place where, you know, his brain wasn't sort of exploding with ideas all the time and sort of distracting him from, you know, school and, and all this. So he was a bit of a troublemaker in school, he says. Uh, it wasn't too hard of a, a leap for him to, <laughs> to get into the character. There was a bit in that uh, documentary where uh, him and Ardell O'Hanlon mentioned that it's probably the most fun they had yeah. in the whole thing ever yeah. was you know that football scene yes yeah. just that wee kick about was, was like you can kind of tell they're having incredible fun doing yeah. it yeah I'm tilted yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all these yeah. priests were paired up with a difficult child in a different kind of way but, yeah. <laughs> but even had it like uh, we used to have a next door neighbour's kid who I won't name <laughs> he's not a respectable businessman but uh, <laughs> like he used to do the whole I remember him like uh, you know when he would get called for dinner he did the whole eye roll I'm not going do you know that full rebellion oh, yes. until uh, your second reminder and you're like <laughs> and he used to, like uh, and like he completely nails it like it's completely spot on T- tell him to fuck off then. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the boss of me it's only a whistle <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll uh, move on to clip four um uh, I was actually going to put Ricky's interview in between five and four, but never mind. Uh, here we'll, we'll, uh, we'll play the clip now and see her. At four, Ted and Dougal have the holiday from hell in season two, episode one, Hell. Motion fast, sit down there, and we'll have a bit of an old song. What can we sing? Will you sing one, Ted? <laughs> no, I won't. Yeah, you will. You have a lovely voice. Very like Celine Dion. <laughs> will you dance then? Come on, Tony, sit down the old river dance album. Uh, actually. <laughs> Actually, Noel, I'm, I'm quite tired. What? Ah, maybe you're right, actually. We're all a bit exhausted from the old singing. Some of us overdid it down the old local last night. <laughs> Jerry Fields knows who I'm talking about, huh? Line of the show. Okay, one last time. These are small, but the ones out there are far away. <laughs> what we said at the time. It's the, it's the little plastic cows that he has in his hand as well, and the look he does on his face is he's going far away. Yeah, <laughs> like they are really far, far away. And then Stigl not getting it. Yeah, he does look very confused when he's trying to look out the window and see the ones that are far away. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's not quite computing. Moment of just admitting defeat, just what? slamming them down and giving up on. I, I want to know what the situation was that got into that conversation. Yeah, that, that's what cracked me up as well because Diggle must have said words to the effect of look how small those cows are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who let the cows into the caravan <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it was a brilliant start to the second series for the, it probably was yeah they're yeah. getting out and about they're not just staying in the parochial house but I thought this episode was, uh, was fantastic I don't know if it'll go in the top 5 though it might be a contender but I'd say it's a very outside contender for top 5 so I didn't think it would make it uh, and it proved me wrong. Mm. Yep, it and Trump both proved you wrong. Yep. 
<laughs> uh, Don't desk Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, that was Colin and uh, and Vince speaking about that episode. Uh, and yeah, it was a very surprising popular that one was. Mm. So is, is, is it just m most of us have a nostalgia for uh, a horrific holiday in a caravan, possibly? Or? Well, maybe, yeah. Uh, or, or maybe. See, I, I think people just love the Graham Norton character so much. Uh, He's Father Noel. Because he, he did yeah, get it perfect. Most of us have met somebody like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, It's just their bottle of energy and they can't... And it's like every person who can't turn it off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those uh, ones with the crazy energy. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't Dougal have that reaction? I'm going mad, Ted. Yeah, he just lifts his head off and then... Yeah. <laughs> 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 really random. <laughs> yeah, and that cow bit. Everyone remembers the cow bit. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And again, I mean, I think that was the episode with... Uh, would you like a Would you like a cake, Father? They've got uh, cocaine in it. Oh. And I couldn't. We had to pick one line of the show, and because the cow was in it, because the cow line was in it, the uh, the, the cocaine line had to go. And it's like, how do you, how do you not like that line of the uh, show? Like, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows the cow line. Yeah. Right? <laughs> was that the episode where Father Ted cracks up with um, Father? Graham Norton, and uh, he doesn't even give him the pleasure of like being angry with him back. <laughs> or was that a little later episode? Uh, which one? I don't know the senior channel. Right? It's um, he's. Oh, do you mean uh, where it's not Father Ted, but somebody else uh, starts to go, shut up, just it, shut up. It wasn't Father Ted, up. it was somebody did it. I thought yeah. it was Father Ted. That's the tour guide one in the caves, is it not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Could, yeah, that was yeah. it. And then the return to Grim You're going my list of enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. I, I wrote, I really like you. <laughs> it's the upside of maybe Noel is that there's no, um, there's no malice in him. Oh. Yes, but that's that's, that's even more infuriating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, know, he knows how uh, ah. much he's getting to people, and then he just <laughs> yeah. doubles down. Yeah, there's a lesson there, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he? Maybe is that the last appearance? Like he brings the cave down on them in that episode. Doesn't he get stuck in the cave or something? With the fucking yeah. There so <laughs> he also turned up in the airplane episode, which I completely forget, forgot about uh, at the time. Uh, so he is actually in three episodes. So apart from Larry Duff, is the the. Actually, apart from Larry Duff and apart from John and Mary, is the biggest, the most frequent guest star. Mm. So uh, yeah, uh, cool. And you know, you you would have thought that that would be his bit, and that'd be him gone. But uh, no, obviously <laughs> they they realised they had something here, so they brought him back later that series. And uh, yeah, it's probably the thing I've really liked him in because like like he's a decent talk show host, but it ain't quite my cup of tea. But um. Yeah, like, just like that, about that him playing a jazzed up version of himself is really yeah, funny. Yeah, that's like Graham Norton plus plus plus. Is yeah, it is. <laughs> it is like himself after lots of caffeine or something. Um, a few illegal drugs, possibly. Yeah, yeah, like we just doesn't way too zippy. Yeah, <laughs> it's very very much possibly. We'll not. <laughs> we'll not go on record with that. <laughs> um, but to sort of uh, take the take the conversation a bit uh, a bit uh, onto a different tangent. There's been a fan theory put up on Reddit by you or user the Creasy Bear, uh, and it's a. I just want to bring it up because it is, it is very interesting. So I'll just, I'll just pick out the sort of most uh, pertinent points of it. So te uh, Ted, Jack, and possibly Dougal are pedophile priests banished away to the island to keep them away from the attention of their previous parishes and authorities. Mm. Uh, now he goes into a big, uh, a big you know, who about this, but he does actually make some pertinent points. So we can sort of make that a. You can jump really to that conclusion with Jack. It, it doesn't really square up with the backstory that we know about uh, Ted. Yeah, see, I, I dismissed the fact that Ted has anything wrong with him apart from his financial he impropriety. He did um, his, um, what was it, his, the money was arresting in his account. Yes, exactly, yeah. So that and Dougal's just an imbecile. Well, <laughs> this is it. He, uh, he, he does mention Dougal. I'm just going to bring... 
Dougal is perhaps a different but no less interesting case. Uh, one explanation for his perpetually childish behaviour is in response to a similar trauma he suffered as a young boy before becoming a priest. Trauma victims are known to go to extreme ends to process trauma, and perhaps Dougal has suppressed these memories. Stop spoiling Father Ted. Uh, well, if he... He then goes on to suggest that Dougal is an arsonist. So if he suffered trauma as an altar boy and <laughs> has himself frozen himself in a single moment of childhood, he may subconsciously gravitate to the church in his adult life, a victim returned to the scene of the crime. Mention is made of the Black Rock incident. Details are withheld, but we know Dougal traumatised several nuns. And when he covers Ted at a funeral and ends in sirens screaming in smoke, perhaps Dougal, subconsciously or otherwise, feels the need to burn down churches wherever they stand. That does have some... Uh, it does have tiny angst to it. I, I prefer to just think of uh, Dougal as the eternal child. Well, yeah, I did, I did come right back at him. Uh, but, you know, it is intriguing that the Black Rock incident isn't actually brought up. And uh, we do see the one time he's given a funeral. The yeah. horror in Ted's there face. It was like... Uh, Devastation, I remember the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so to There's a hell of a lot of cur- colouring in there. <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, the, the hearse was driven up onto a, another grave and set on fire. Now, there's not too many flammable parts of a, of a hearse that, uh, you know, other vehicles don't have. And, Ted, you know, Dougal's been around many other vehicles. <laughs> and what, you know, if Ted's biggest fear was uh, Dougal, you know, just saying the wrong thing or saying something inappropriate, mm. I don't think his, his reaction would be quite as horrible as... Uh, you let Dougal do a funeral. <laughs> so I don't know. I, don't I, don't know. Think he's <laughs> I think that the whole the whole theory there is very like do you know uh, uh, HBO or something or, or like the Breaking Bad version of Father Ted where you just take dark shit from our contemporary you know uh, thought processes and impose them onto a show. Like, you wouldn't you wouldn't let Dougal make a cup of tea on his own, let alone do a funeral. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> the paedophile thing uh, uh, by two thousand and seventeen standards. The, the paedophile thing does blatantly apply to Jack because he's showing Liren about schoolgirls yeah, yeah. in an episode and it's clearly not the only reason because he is like he is like a an abusive uh, you know from the flashbacks he's a hard disciplinarian you know Jack wasn't one for the more liberal teachings of the church and you see him you know like you'll burn in hell he's the kind of alcoholic relic of times when the church had greater power and you also do see him leering about young schoolgirls so it's probably it's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why he is on the island to get him the fuck away from a decent parish. Uh, yeah. But it does not apply, in my humble opinion, to Ted and Dougal. The yeah. reasons why they're there are blatant. Dougal's clueless and useless, and Ted is a uh, an account fiddler. Well, he's a con artist Ted to one being, side of the church. Yeah. Ted is being punished for his misdemeanors. Yeah. And he uh, just got the wrong side of Bishop Brennan at one he's, point. Um, he's continued to stay on the wrong side of Bishop Brennan. Like yeah. he barely has a sex drive. He's no sex maniac. Have you seen him in that uh, episode we reviewed about the Arthur? Yeah. Where he's clearly got like he's like a shy fifteen-year-old around women. Like he ain't no sexual predator. Well, is uh, Dougal even a sexual being? You know. Ted. Uh, Ted, Ted sorry. Uh, uh, Dougal well, has what? A uh, uh, crush on Jet from Gladiators, and that's as far as he's yeah, gotten. He didn't even. I did. Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and Carol from Countdown. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know that because um, if you remember the episode uh, Rock Who Lithead, he was not interested in the girls. He was interested in having a free dinner. Yeah. That's why he wanted uh, to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I just I just thought I'd bring it up. The 
Do you juggle as an arsonist narrative? I think you get one out of three. The you get one out of three with the the Jack yeah. kind of yeah. thing. But like Jack's hanging out of him like it's not his thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's not. Jiggle's not like an arsonist. It's more like he, he has just this capacity for any kind of disaster. Devastation. So if you give him a serious thing to do, he's gonna fuck it up. He's like, he's like Spangler in Police Academy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Human tornado. Like, it could be arson, but it could just be a horrendous food pile that causes you know. Yeah. My seconds. Well, I, I did. I did uh, come back and uh, with uh, debunked most of those theories, as you did on Reddit as well. Uh, and oh, Reddit! <laughs> ah, shit, yeah. on Reddit. Fucking cares. And uh, I generally, I generally hit uh, fan theories in general because I, I, bollocks. I, I, well, it's like people keep trying to guess what's going to happen in Game of Thrones or whatever, or you know, the show I'm watching right now is Black Seals, um, and pe- you know, people are trying to figure out what's going to happen. It's like. Instead of trying to figure it out, how about you just watch it and enjoy what happens as the story unfolds? I did an audition video for Black Sails, actually. Did you? Yeah. We'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> The fact that he's not in it will tell you how it went. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was more <laughs> Captain Birdseye than Black Sails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like if people apply these uh, these theories and if they get them right, they're like, oh my God, it was so obvious. Or, huh, I'm smarter than the writers. Or, it was so easy, I could have figured that out ages ago. And you just spoiled it for somebody else who maybe didn't want to know that like yeah uh, so you have yeah. To, like Game of Thrones spoilers are like everywhere you've got to be really careful you know like people from the books and all yeah yeah well, just all, spew it all over like if you go on the IMDB thing like there's spoilers just all over uh, the show so just avoid IMDB Game of Thrones Did, av- avoid yeah. all manner of media generally yeah. and there's YouTube <laughs> videos where people will just put a line of spoilers as the very first line what a bastard like yeah <laughs> but any show you could name that has spoiler uh, good thing about Ted is that you, do, you can't spoil it that way well exactly exactly because well it doesn't really have a through line overall yeah. I mean there's no there is a sort of very minor continuity plays through it but it doesn't they don't really like every episode can stay on its own like it jumps around mm-hmm. in the calendar you know the actual date of the show as in like one day it'll be it's July 19th yeah. Uh, it's kind of out of time really stickers. it doesn't really sort of it's slightly out of time you know yeah I mean? it's, it's not it's, <laughs> it's not a time capsule because it's not it's not because there's very little cultural references in it apart from oh, like, no, there's there the odd there's there's a few things like there's jet from gladiators there's, no there is there is quite a few because there's quite a few um well, there's quite a few film references, but right now they are sort of classic films. Yeah, that's uh, thing. you can really get it from that. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, you're right. There's no actual contemporary ones. There's a few, like, um, Assumpta, Assumpta, Assumpta from Bacchus <laughs> Angel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, somebody watching that will be like, do you know the Christmas episode with the, with the dream sequence at the start and he meets Assumpta from Bacchus Angel? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then the English priest comes down the stairs and I'll be off then. Now, the big joke there was that that was the two priests on TV at the time, mm-hmm. and Father Ted just sort of batted them off. <laughs> it was a massive contemporary reference. It was yeah. massive, but... I think you noticed as well, um, the One Foot in the Grave mentioned as a really, really hot TV show at the time. Yes, exactly. Kind yeah. of did sit, you know, like that's... Yeah, but One Foot in the Grave has kind of endured. I mean, people still know what it was now, don't they? Or is it just people like me <laughs> still know? I, I don't think it would. I it was, it, it ran for such a long time, and... Yeah, but I didn't even watch it. So, I don't know. I don't. I don't. <laughs> know apparently, or, it is. I, I don't know or care what kids are doing. But uh, apparently, like a lot of people do, hold it quite um, in high esteem. Um, I, I just never got into it. But since I did that episode, people have come up and said, "Oh no, it's brilliant! It's uh, you know, it's great comedy." 
Um, it was a very, very 90s thing, like it was huge in the 90s. Yeah, but, but no, nobody would recognise a catchphrase now if you just sort of spout mm, it in the street. Well, like. maybe the youngsters wouldn't, but, you know, people who are maybe 30 plus might not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're like, uh, like I, I envy your youth. I envy your youth <laughs> and vitality. <laughs> 37 plus, maybe. <laughs> Shut up, man. Uh, well, we'll go to, uh, go to number three in our countdown. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's reveal what that is then. Number three, so. At three. Ted and Dougal test their songwriting skills in Season 2, Episode 5, A Song for Europe. Just play the f***ing note. <laughs> first one. No, not the f***ing first one! The f***ing first one's already f***ing down! Just play the f***ing note you're f***ing playing earlier! I've been playing the f***ing first one! We have the f***ing first one! <laughs> Line of the show. Well, not exactly, because tonight there's a very similar act to yours. Father's Dick Byrne and Father Cyril McDonough. Oh, God, I didn't think they'd make it this far. Flip! They'll win, Ted. We might as well give up now. What we said at the time. It was probably the first time I had seen a gay character being so casual about the fact mm-hmm. that they were gay. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like, as far as that was the entirety of their gayness was the fact that they were just two men in a relationship. And the only, only element of the relationship you saw was when uh, Fred went on stage, he fixed up his tie and he was completely professional, he was yeah. brilliant on the stage. Yeah. And then you see in the editing room, uh, you see Charles, just oh, what a pro, like with genuine awe and affection. Yeah. And that was the only, the only bit of their relationship you actually saw. And actually I think that a lot of TV shows and a lot of TV programs nowadays could actually look back on it and actually how to implement a gay character into the yeah. show. Yeah, so that was the Eurosong episode. My lovely horse. <laughs> my lovely horse. Lovely horse horse uh, to rhyme with arse. Uh, that was my favourite episode. Uh, that's, uh, and the reason was because the clip I picked out there uh, in the, <laughs> the creative differences scene. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Uh, that had me laughing. Even though I'd, that weekend I'd watched the show about three times, about two days later, that, that scene came into my head and made me bust out laughing again. And if you add that to my lovely horse, which is now part of the okay. Irish musical we'll canon f- <laughs> will forever be part of the classic yeah. Yeah. Hello, my lovely horse <laughs> you know, the Irish, I've, uh, I've even heard a death metal version of that you know don't for a laugh and it works they but, should actually yeah. do that as like their next yeah. Eurovision entry just for a laugh like yeah. <laughs> the subject has been broached many times why, so. why would I would do yeah. that if it was up to me that would be happening right now no, Ireland has some uh, some prize stake in the Eurovision they can't just throw everything up there <sighs> I just yeah. pick their moment. <laughs> well, I, th- I don't think they're they're uh, taking the Eurovision. But I think they're past the Eurovision phase now. They're letting the Eastern Bloc countries, the former Eastern Bloc countries, get their, get their, uh, <laughs> yeah, give all the countries a chance, Ireland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, uh, we could uh, do it if we wanted to. That, <laughs> that rehearsal scene is just—it's it, kind of like when Father Ted hits the archetypes, right? Like, uh, like it hits them with you know, like the rebellious kid. And it hits them with, you know, like Mrs. Doyle as the, you know, like the the two old women who fight over the check. These are universal things you find in like a lot of a lot of cultures, but like a lot in Irish culture. And it really hits it with the band practice thing. Yeah. I've seen so many band practices hit that moment. Oh yeah, anybody who's been involved in the performing arts at all has had yeah. moments like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember hearing one now from some old housemates and uh, like it starts off all fun and jolly and then I was walking, I wasn't in the band, just you know, listening at the door when I walked by. And I walked by like two hours later and there was somebody going, don't fucking apologize, just get it fucking right. <laughs> and it was that father's head scene, you know, in real life. 
It just it totally hits it. Yeah, I, I think there's lots of cigarettes and all of them put out as well. Yeah, oh, the beer yeah. cans. Big, big heap of cigarette butts, <laughs> wasn't there? It makes me laugh every time. It made me laugh even when you play them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and even even Dougal's face when he's got the two octave keyboard on his lap. It's like <laughs> the first one. No, not the fucking first one. Dougal's face just sort of crumbles. It's like, oh yeah. shit, I've done it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in rehearsals like that. I've seen yeah. band practices like that. Yeah. 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 It's funny because it's true. Exactly. The other thing I'd forgotten about that was what you pointed out. Um, you know, in your comedy there was about like it had uh, gay people portrayed sympathetically in Father's Head and quite casually was not casually, casually. Yeah. Yeah. completely no. forgotten about that actually exactly, it's yeah. not what I remembered from it but it was absolutely right Yeah, it wasn't a source of humour it's just it was just there the only <laughs> source of humour was, was Ted first hearing about it yeah. and like he'd clearly never been uh, you know subjected to a gay person before yeah. like, oh shit uh, uh, don't be offensive shit don't yeah. be offensive <laughs> yeah exactly it, it must be a lot of fun no, not that you know but you know. <laughs> oh yeah just a sheltered guy like yeah. <laughs> and uh, after that scene then it wasn't brought up again and uh, as I said it was just a very a very minor sort of detail in the episode and uh, yeah it was um, yeah it was very very tastefully done um, when you said that uh, uh, you hadn't seen that before did you mean like in father's head or did you mean like was that one of the earliest times you saw that on TV? A kind of uh, oh, definitely. Yeah. There was, I, I can't remember seeing gay characters unless they were like flaming, you know, or like there was a big like real traumatic uh, coming out process that they were like going any through. standards yeah. with Colin yeah. and the other characters. Like, a, a, like a, a normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And Without this was ninety horrific uh, big like fallouts with families and shit yeah. going on and, blah, 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 and trauma like it's been and normal it was refreshing this was this was 1996 and then you know after sort of around 2000 2002 or so uh pretty much every drama on tv seemed to have to take off a gay character yeah, coming out story token gay yeah. character, <laughs> and it was you know the sopranos had it uh oz had it um you know every soap had it you know eastenders uh, has had it multiple times yeah, Coronation exactly, street yeah. hollywood yeah, all the soap operas and I, I think uh, like uh, it is important like uh, in culture when something like that gets represented it does start to normalize it like the yeah, world's not yeah. going to end yeah and eastenders even did one um, uh like uh was it a couple of years ago where the son came out to the dad and you were expecting like uh this massive thing and it wasn't you know the dad was like maybe surprised yeah. for a couple of minutes but then was completely understanding and it was well done and it was maybe a sign of how far we've come since the 80s when that would have been, you know, boxes. Get bomb, out of the house. All yeah. of that. I never want to see you again. Like uh, in the, the, the 80s in EastEnders, and I don't know why, it's a soap opera I've seen the most, or I'm sure there's other ones, was it had two gay characters they portrayed sympathetically, but it was kind of like James mentioned there, it was done hugely dramatically. Maybe reflecting what they faced in the 80s, though. You know, everyone thought well, yeah. they had AIDS. Oh, yeah. People were, even characters that were sympathetic were very anti gay. And it was their acceptance by the likes of Dot, who's very religious and against them at the start, and then becomes their friend. And that sort of, yeah. yeah and that, was, that, that was played a, a role. Time, though, like, in yeah. the 80s, the AIDS thing was huge and yeah. was demonised and everybody was scared of it, but they didn't really know what they were scared of because they didn't really know what it was and they were scared of monkeys in Africa and stuff like that. And fiction does help from that. highlight that. You know, fiction is immense help. Like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, when you said about uh, Father Ted's episode doing that casually, I can think of an example I had uh, influence on me as a kid uh, was because uh, do you remember a show called Brushstrokes? Yeah, was a, awesome. a comedy no, about two before painters. your time, James. But yeah, it was yeah. What do you call that actor from the the? Carl Harmon was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He, he's also been in EastEnders and a whole bunch of adverts for. I know the guy from uh, the guy from Vicar Dibley was in it. Yeah, 
And uh, he plays like a kind of a uh, happy-go-lucky... Jack the Lad kind of ladies' man, but, you know, DIY one, of those, guy, one yeah. of those nice guys that everybody likes, no matter yeah. what he gets up to. Really. Kind of before your time, you would have been a sperm we sale. We would have been... Like we would have been young. sort of character from yeah. Save by the Bell. Uh, and, and, and in the middle-aged kind not, of way. Not yeah. quite... Not as squeaky clean as that, but, you know... It's more that middle-aged kind of like, you know, he's like in his 40s, but he's still a womanizer kind of British comedy thing. But one of the characters in that, and this is a very early example of what you mentioned, is the bartender who's gay. And apart from maybe a couple of jokes uh, and a couple of discussions about it, it's not a big deal. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, that had an influence on me. I kind of remember thinking, like, hang on, Jacko's got a gay friend yeah. here. And look at the world's not ending. Joe, as, as a child, just get I didn't... Yeah, no, no horror, no drama. He's a nice dude. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a kid, I didn't even notice. I didn't, I didn't yeah. realise that until I was a lot older watching it back. <laughs> oh, I remember Jacko uh, asking him, he goes like, so how did you first realise that, you, you know, when you were young that you were gay? And the bartender guy, whose name I can't remember, just goes, well, how did you find out that you weren't? Yeah. <laughs> That's the most they ever Fair talk enough, about right? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very early example of the drama-free thing you mentioned in Ted, you know. Well, there's, the, uh, there's a show I've been watching called Halt and Catch Fire about um, the sort of computer industry in the 80s. And uh, one of the characters is this really sort of jovial boss, uh, Boz, he's called. Uh, and he's, you know, Tetson, uh, Texan sort of Stetson wherein, you know, uh, oil mag well not oil magnet but sort of big businessman who can strike a deal and he's all the all the all the workers love him and everything and uh, they're going around and they've they sort of made instant messaging for the first time and what it turns out is uh, a guy is instant messaging someone and organizing a date so he goes oh really well who is it uh, and who is she and the guy goes it's a he actually and the Stetson wearing guy Boz he just goes oh Oh, I didn't realize I had a cousin. It, it, it's like it, that was it. It's like, oh yeah, you're you're one of those. You're you're you know, I I know somebody like that. And then that was just it. And it was. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Not a doof, doof, doof. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Your homework's to watch brush strokes on the YouTube. Uh, right. Well, I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, and then I'll come back and have a podcast about yeah. it. Um. So uh, before we go to number two, uh, I'm going to go to the uh, episodes that didn't make the cut. Uh, so these are episodes. The of reject. The, the rejects. You and failed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you ain't so good enough, bitches. So these are ones that uh, people people complained. People screwed up and that shoved in the bin. That wasn't in the contenders list. Uh, right. So let's see if we agree with us. I'm so so sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm really not. So it's my, it my choice of ten. So <laughs> you, you should go shove it. Uh, first one was uh, Flight into Terror. We had quite a few people uh, oh. at the airplanes episode. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Surprising. Why, why is that, that was not the big list? poignant ending? Because that was like the last one, wasn't it? Because well, when we watched it, right, it what really sort of stuck out was how it was trying to do action movies, but the the character or the actor playing the the pilot was just so wrong for it or something and it just it took away all the power of it and uh, I did I have brought it up in the Christmas episode uh, what you know one of the, another Reddit user put a really good uh, argument forward for it so I sort of regretted it afterwards but uh, you know I, I didn't think it was I don't think it's one of the top 10 episodes I think maybe maybe the main reason we remember it is because it had quite a well but turned out to be quite a poignant ending. We didn't know Dermot Morgan was going to die. Like, oh no, this is the end of season two, not season not three. Not the Thrones. No, I'm thinking of a completely different fucking episode. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, the episode in the airplane. See, that's you know it as the episode in the airplane because it's a bottle episode in an airplane. Right. Uh, and I think maybe we were we're sort of trying to avoid being distracted by the fact that we remembered as the airplane episode. So we're trying to get into. So, as my ep airplane episode was a completely different airplane episode. 
Oh, you're thinking of the the last scene where he's on an airplane? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I do, that was my whole remembrance. Well, see, there, there, there you the go. Episode. That's 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 in our favour then because this whole episode set in an airplane. You forgot all about it. Yeah, it was, it was when so. I when you say airplane episode, that's what I remember as the airplane episode. That, that was yeah. like thirty seconds at the end of this. The end of the episode. Still an airplane on it. But it's not the airplane episode. So had an airplane I'm vindicated in it. there. I had an airplane on it. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. This is why he's paying her to a grad. There's an episode with a plane. I don't know which one. Well, mm. you, you, you haven't, for, for some odd reason, you haven't actually uh, given an opinion there yet, Glenn. Uh, do you not? What's your opinion? I on see that? myself more like Socrates. You know, when I take other people's opinions and shit on them, but offer nothing in return. No, that's, to, that's not really what uh, Socrates did. He just made you. Made, he tried to make sure you understood what it was you were actually saying by turning your your words around on you. Well, Socrates was a brilliant football player who smoked before he went on the field. <laughs> <laughs> Socrates also oh, yeah. he also helped Bill and Ted when or get their history uh, exam. Oh, of course, so, uh, yes, yeah. Most righteous. Yes, definitely. Uh, I actually, uh, uh, <laughs> regarding that, I think I agree with you. People remember it as being better than it is. Well, so it's one of those where you rewatch and it's just not quite. I didn't even remember what this episode, so that's what I think of it. So, I, I feel vindicated. It did have the it did have the classic line. Uh, Shouldn't we all just have a little pray? Oh it yeah. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember. It was like what? Yeah. <laughs> but again, that completely passed. That completely passed me by without much comment. Because, uh, well, when I was rewatching the episode for the podcast, I suppose by that point it was that line wouldn't have been quite as profound as it would have been to a 12 year old me like or a 10 year old me so was this the episode w- there was like lots of contemporary Irish comedians were playing all the other priests in it um, uh, well contemporary at the time because there were there was mostly other comedians who were like again you might be thinking of the final final episode where they're all like better episodes <laughs> <laughs> well I'm going to shut up because I'm not remembering the one you're talking about <laughs> you, I remember the little prey line but I don't remember the episode it was in well they're coming back from a pilgrimage so all the priests are on the plane but anyway the other one, a few other ones um the Christmas episode. Uh, it's the largest, largest lingerie section in Ireland. Oh, that was my favourite episode. Uh, well, the reason that didn't go in is just because I hadn't reviewed it uh, before I opened the vote. That's the only reason. And so I thought incompetence. That see, was that was my, my personal favourite. Is the lingerie shop episode? In fact, it's the entire voting procedure. Well, the the, the other thing is <laughs> that's that's the length of three episodes versus everything else is one episode. So I thought it would be unfair to put it up against you know. It was a. Great, like the whole getting lost in the lingerie section was oh, inspired. Yeah, like, <laughs> done like a war movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was amazing. Did he ask for someone with an exciting voice? Lovely me, father. I've got the most boring voice. <laughs> yeah, that, that that should have been in that list because it's awesome. Well, okay, I'll, I'll take that. But again, it's Lindsay's personal favorite. That was my number one. It's well, yeah. As a few people have called that their favorite episode. Um, it did feature a young Kevin McKidd who was the uh, I mentioned this at the time he was on the he wasn't on the train spotting poster but he was in the film and of course he's not in the sequel now that's just been released this week because spoiler alert his character died <laughs> train spotting I've been getting train spotting and human traffic so mixed up in my head when I try to remember and explain it to people how can you Human trafficking is not like train spotting. Uh, no, not really. Quality. I don't know why. I think it's just a nineties blur I have. In the my only head. commonality those two films have is narco- <laughs> uh, banned narcotic substances. Not even the same one. It was just. It, it just. <laughs> it's it's like, yeah. You got. You got to understand that the late nineties was like, just a haze for me. <laughs> really versus heroin. It's not the same. Yeah. One's about dance, dance culture, and the other yeah, one's about human trafficking. I know. Like, junkies. Uh, junkies versus like people who just had that. You know, did the weekend big. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all about the escapism of the weekend. Very, very young Danny Dyer in it. Yeah, looking, looking very, very young and squeaky, and didn't really need to shave. Anyway, we're. I think Danny Dyer gets a bad rep. I like Danny Dyer. I do. There's a certain amount of snobbishness because he's a Cockney and he's a proper Cockney, you know, from Southeast London. There's this sort of look down your nose at from the sort of. You know the media establishment. Yeah, because he's not. Oh, a Danny Dyer! Oh! I like yeah. him. I, li- I do. I, like I like him. Genuinely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if he talked like Benedict Factories are brilliant. If he talked like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, people would be acclaiming him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do you exactly. know what? Uh, he actually played the dad in that coming out scene I mentioned earlier. Yeah. I, I completely forgot that. But Benedict he, Cumberbatch. Uh, no. Yes, uh, in the Standers, that was his son who came out. Yeah, guy, and he Dyer was like. He was always like he already knew. I don't know if he actually said that in so many words, but yeah. I think he did. That was the impression that came across yeah. to me, anyway. Yeah, and you, that whole it's no big deal. It was completely. Yeah. But they acted the hell out of that. That was it amazingly was bit, well it done. It was very, very good. It I think you're right. It's a, it's almost a class thing. It is. It, it like, no knocks on Cumberbatch yeah. and my love. I just mean, like the acting scene is now totally, almost totally dominated by posh boys, mm. and, and they deserve to be where they are because most of them are really fucking talented and hardworking. But it's completely dominated, and then when you get somebody that comes around who doesn't talk like that, they are shat on. Well, it's, it's by also, the media anyway. You know? It's also, I mean, it's not uh, an anti-working class thing. It's more the fact that Danny Dyer is into cars and is into fighting and is into stuff that working class people are he's, into. He's, lad a, stuff. he's that's associated really, you know. with lad stuff. Um, that, you know, I think I think that might be a sort of image that he plays up to more than well, exactly. what he I actually mean, is. It's, it's probably his manager telling him, yeah. look, like you, get, you've get got this accent, let's have an attitude mag- to go with it. Yeah, <laughs> get a column in Loaded Magazine where you give relations so, so a few dodgy things yeah. in a, like a, a guy's advice column and like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pr- provoke a reaction. Uh, one of the other ones. Kick it, Bishop Brennan, up the arse. Oh, oh as, yeah. as Richard has already mentioned. Excellent uh, why is that not in James? Um, Explain yourself. Why, James? Why? 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 Well, we demand answers. Yeah. Okay, don't don't pop the uh, don't pop the sound. Hey, look at I did to the sound waves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. she, she, she kept the sound waves. She went higher than the. Uh, I human boomed. Ear. I boomed the sonic. Awesome. Uh, I can't actually remember why we thought it wasn't a classic. Uh, what what memorable bits? <laughs> what what memorable bits apart from the I actual kicking so they, up, did up they the pretend arse? there was like a the Virgin Mary had appeared in the skirting board or something yes <laughs> the actual scenery is kicking in the arse yeah. uh, that is funny the whole thing was like he was right sick with worry about the night before where they're lying in bed when <laughs> they're lying on like two kids in their two little twin beds yeah. <laughs> was that the episode where Dougal like uh, went to sleep and then uh, he puts the light on a second later and he says oh good morning I was thinking of a different uh, I genuinely can't remember which I can't remember because it's little bits like that I can't <laughs> place them in the specific, specific episode anyway. but, uh, I love the way he comes after him with his cape going like in like the dark night behind him you know like he's, he's chasing after Ted and the cape just blowing so yeah. like, that's amazing uh, well yes yeah, so there was great visuals in that episode uh, yeah. and because of that I put it on the Facebook live episode the Same. culture night uh, so we had projected clips instead of what we normally do which is obviously an audio podcast so the clips we picked out mm. were, wouldn't have worked on an audio podcast mm. which isn't necessarily take away from the fact that the episode itself because clearly it's a visual episode awesome. but uh, I, d- I don't know it, it, see what would you what would you take out of the 10 I picked to put that in I just I have it's one of those ones I remember um, I think it's, it's memorableness yeah is uh, see, that speaks Stone. in its favour to me uh, and the bit we just 
Bishop Brennan goes into shock slightly for ages after yeah. that happens, and then eventually goes, that figure kicked me up the arse, yeah, he's like, he's way later. A week later when he's doing something yeah. else. Yeah. He's gone all the way to the Vatican, and he's about to shake the hand of the Pope, he goes, he did kick me up the arse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, seeing Ted go full airborne when he kicked up the arse himself, it was quite funny. I remember watching it um, a while back and thinking that, like, uh, although the, the, all the bits we mentioned are classic, there's a build-up to it that's quite slow. Well, but there's a chunk of the episode that isn't that. It's about that, that feeling yeah. of. Did you, did you not get that sort of feeling of dread when you, that, you know you've got to do something horrible that you don't want to do, and it just feels like oh, I really want this to be over. I I sort of felt that from that slow <laughs> up through. <laughs> just, just creeping dread. Yeah. yeah well, see, it also had the sarcastic priests. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Which I didn't find particularly funny, but. Maybe that's just from a twenty-year remove, like uh, that. You know, that might have been just a. That would have been a product of the nineties. That's the one like humor, wasn't Mrs. It? Doyle, whatever he says, like, uh, don't take him literally or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's one where Jack turns around and goes, "I'm so so sorry." Like, that's sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so then we came confused because. Jack trapped him in a hamper and Mrs. Doyle didn't know whether to save him or not because <laughs> he was speaking in sort of uh, uber sarcastic ways. Uh, but that was that was definitely a product of the 90s because, as we mentioned, Chandler Bing and, you know, all them sort of sarky films you would have, like, uh, you know, the Winona, Winona Ryder sort of films and, mm. uh, you know, the sort of grunge sort of, grunge sort of character. Like, again, I'll bring back The Simpsons. <laughs> when Homer joins the Lollapalooza and he becomes a cannon, <laughs> he gets shot oh, by a cannon. Yeah. And one of the people in the crowd goes, He's cool. And his friend turns around and goes, Are you being sarcastic? <laughs> he goes, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah. Until it became like snarky. Everything yeah. was snarky. Yeah. That was how to survive in high school in the 90s, is just say everything a sarcastic accent, you'll be fine. Yeah. Y you're not, you don't actually, you don't actually pick a side yeah. by just. Sort of sit in the wall. But you can be suitably vague if you're sarcastic yeah, all the time. You engage what the general feeling is. Yeah. Through the playground. Low level irony becomes the way we just all talk about <laughs> nothing. Yeah. Right. Well, that's that's the uh, that's what we've got ruled out. So I am disappointed. What do we have in? Should we call you? Oh with? no, wait. We're, we've got a couple more actually. Oh. Uh, the mainland, <laughs> which I, I totally disagree with. That was the caves episode. I don't think that was anywhere near a top ten episode. That yeah, I'd agree with that. That we was the Richard that. Wilson episode, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> was that right? It was, uh, Graham Norton. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't kicking Bishop Brennan up the arse level for me. No, I, I don't. I don't <laughs> think. I think I put that in the bottom five nearly that episode. If it hadn't been for Graham Norton saving the day by just ramping up that character again. Yeah, in, in the cave scene. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't it just the whole thing was just chasing Richard Wilson around do, and saying like the capture is to him? Yeah. And there, him there was a good stuff with Mrs. Doyle and, and the check. Neither of them pay the checks. So that was quite a reasonably good subplot. And there was a great sort of scene at the end where Dougal's like, uh, Ted, Ted. And Ted's like, Shut up, Dougal, you've embarrassed me in front of everyone again. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, You forgot about the money. I just wanted to tell you your fly was <laughs> <laughs> so well, yeah, I think we, we reviewed that before, actually, in the episode I was on before we went on our massive long tangent. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But when we were on topic, we reviewed that episode, and uh, I think none of us really, me, you and Vince, none of us were really into it for a whole variety of reasons. It's one of the ones where Ted is the least grounding. 
where he's got the idiot ball and he's as stupid as Dougal. Mm. It's very gimmicky. It's very centered around that cameo. Yeah, yeah. Remember theorizing at the time that they got him, Richard Wilson the guest star, and then just kind of wrote the episode around that. Yes, yeah, stunt casting a bit. Yeah, and it's away from Craggy Island, and yet it's on a version of the mainland that's just as crazy as Craggy Island. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so it was. Yeah, it would, it would be okay if it was just an incidental thing like that. Well, I don't believe it thing with Richard Wilson, but the whole thing was just like leading up to it. Like, and and if the mainland's as crazy as Craggy Island, what's the point of Craggy Island? Yeah, yeah, and then and then the sort of fulcrum at the end when Richard Wilson comes to the parochial house, and he says, "I don't believe it." It was, it was a bit, uh, yeah. It was such a sort of damp squib at the end, like and yeah. Uh, even at the time, I remember thinking, oh, oh. You and, yeah. it is a gimmick. It's true catchphrase comedy. See, just that's the thing when you get a, a guest star in like that. You're in. It, it's it can be dodgy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it ain't bad now, but I'd agree with you. That should not be yeah. anywhere near the no, no. top ten. Like. Not dissing that. It wasn't like horrific, but it wasn't. The top quality one. No, no, it wasn't a contender. Uh, no, if I made something like that, I'd be bragging about it. Like, watch my uh, my episode of Richard Wilson, bitches. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just in the context of all the other great stuff, nowhere near a top tenner. Yeah. Uh, and the final uh, sort of suggestion we got that uh, wasn't there was chirpy, burpy, cheap, cheap. Uh, oh. That was the episode <laughs> with the uh, with what, was the, the sheep, the traumatized sheep. Yeah. Yeah, and what the oh, reason yeah. that wasn't in and is because I couldn't actually fit it. Oh. It was just a that was just a victim of numbers, so there was so arbitrary, arbitrary. It, that, See? I could I could this, have bumped something this, else. This guy is, uh, no idea how democracy works. He really. doesn't know. It. It's, it's not a democracy. Different. It's a. It's a. It is a dictatorship. It's a it's a so isn't a democracy. You're right, James. So, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> thinking. Kick ambition, bring him up the arse. Won the popular vote. Yeah, yeah. but this this. It, it we'll does seem to be know. one of the Macanespe Electoral College. Kick ambition, bring up the arse. Does seem to be the one people remember for some reason. Yeah. What. As I said, it's the name from the title, so you, you can't sort of forget it, can you? Uh, kick him, kick him, Bishop Brandon up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> but Church Beaver, Cheap Sheep, I did actually love that episode, and even at the time, I loved it, and I loved looking back at it, uh, and I was reviewing it at Edinburgh Festival with um, uh, with Michael Keane, and you know, it, if it had been top eleven, it would have gone in, but that, that just doesn't, that's not satisfying. Is it top eleven? Mm. Does have a traumatized sheep, and uh, you know, knowing I was a priest with an instinctive knowledge of sheep, and it has that kind of murder mystery tie up at the end, doesn't it? <laughs> well, yes, it does have the the uh, I guess the Christie element to it. Um, but I will I will just go through how the voting went actually, uh, since you reminded me to, to check the numbers. Um, Nine percent of our voters went for the old grey whistle theft, which came in five, the fifth. Ten uh, percent came in with hell, uh, which was our fourth uh, episode. Eighteen percent for a song for Europe, and. 20, 21% for our, our number two and 23% for our number three. So it was actually quite tight at, uh, at the top, uh, but there was two runaway, one away uh, winners. Mm. So let's find out what number two is. <laughs> number two. At, at two, Ted has to stave off accusations of racism in season three, episode one. Are you right there, Father Ted? Chinese, if you please. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, Dougal, lighten up. <laughs> Dougal, there were Chinese people there. All right, chap. <laughs> I mean, what? What is? I mean. 
That's the Yin family. They're living over there in that old Chinatown area. <laughs> Chinatown area? There's a Chinatown on Craggy Island? Dougal, I wouldn't have done a Chinaman impression if I'd known there was going to be a Chinaman there to see me doing a Chinaman impression. Why not, Ted? Line of the show. Out and about. I am. Same as yourself. Good, good. I hear you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> what? What? How did you get interested in that type of thing? Who said I'm a racist? Everyone's saying it, Father. Should we all be racist now? What's the official line the church is taking on this? Oh, no. Only the farm takes up most of the day, and at night I just like a cup of tea. I might be able to devote myself full-time to the old racism. What we said at the time. See, I love that that character and the fact that he was just looking for leadership from his yeah. you know, from his church representative. He was like, but I don't really want to get into this. Is mm. this really something I have to fucking jump on board with? Because yeah, it's a very deep joke. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a it is a bit of a chore, you know, having to. Which was his just official stance in this. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's a hugely packed episode. There's so much just, happening. Yeah. Logically, everything just kind of clicked in place like a good game of Tetris, kind of. Yes. Kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was. Uh, <laughs> Here you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> uh, so that was a, a outstanding episode. Um, I've just, I've just actually for the first time got what the title was about there. Are you right there? Are you right there, Father? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so slow you're sometimes. Ju you're just right, Father. <laughs> I hate the Greeks. <laughs> uh, the Chinese is after. Yeah. <laughs> so what is the church's official line on this? Well, so that that's one element of that episode, uh, and then there's also like, as as you just mentioned there in that uh, last clip, there's so much else. There was the the uh, very 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 dark blue. Uh, there was a little mouse running around that became a sort of running gag at the end. There oh was, yeah, yeah. There was the uh, there was the old uh, the old ex Nazi uh, you know uh, stowaway in the other priest's house <laughs> and the, the full collection of the oh yeah, it's like a pupil or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a pupil that was a class one. Yeah, with. Uh, I was Ian saying, McKellen, yeah. I was watching the early role with uh, Ian McKellen, but you couldn't really call it early because he was already well into his sixties by that point, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. one of his early uh, film breakthroughs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Singer pre X Men. Yeah, you know? uh, but it was. Um, yeah, was that the Hitler it. episode where he was? Yes, when he, yes. he the perfectly square piece of dirt on the on the, the window, like that. That is absolute <laughs> genius. Like, I remember when I first saw that. It's like. A perfectly square piece of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Never ever imagining that that's the direction they were going to take it. Like, it, it, but it, it was like there throughout the episode, and they couldn't get it off the window or something, wasn't it? Or yeah, it was, it was. Well, Ted, uh, Ted had come back from a sort of. Oh, this is the other thing. Ted oh. had also been transferred out of the parish in the interim uh, and come back as well. So there's more in financial improprieties after he'd already sort of oh. got himself underneath even keel, uh, and yeah, it was it was brilliant and. Uh, the audience's second favorite episode. It actually it, it uh, like uses the whole racism thing really well. It still kind of holds up to that point of like in private you do the shimmer, but you really don't want eh, yeah, it to yeah. go public at all. It was done in such a sort of you know palatable way, though. I mean, and, and it parodies as you were talking about before that divine command theory, where if um your entire moral compass comes from getting morals from an outside source like a priesthood or a shaman or a king or a deity then uh, if that source suddenly says well, you have to be racist now 
that's what you do. Yeah. And yeah. it kind of like eclipses all that in a nutshell. You know, should we be racist now, <laughs> yes, Father? Exactly, yeah. It's, it's kind of scary in the times we're living in now. Doesn't it have that wee <laughs> alt right woman who's really encouraging him? Yeah, no. she, she really hated the Greeks. Yeah. The, Gre- yeah. the Greeks. <laughs> they invented gains. <laughs> <laughs> it is like a wee alt right parody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 25 years ago. Wait, <laughs> it's time, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I like it. I like the themes it hits. And it also, uh, interesting to bring up uh, in lieu of the tangent we went down last time, which James censored, of course, ironically enough, as it was a bark censorship. I didn't censor it. That's what I was going to bring up before you started it, talking over me on it. Censor. Yeah. But, like, what do you he call never it? Listened uh, to it. Is that some, listen to it. some of the humour in that episode. See, we thought you'd cut it. Yeah. <laughs> but some of the humour in that episode would be considered by some people not offensive, just the Chinese stereotypes. I mean, yeah, they're using them to parody Ted, the but there are some to, people now who would not like that. The whole point of that was to buffoon yeah. uh, they, that, you know, people who do do that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it is, say. yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of increased sensitivity now, though, to Nazi stuff appearing as well. It's the same with the Elf Garlic character. TV. I mean, he's not allowed on TV anymore, but the whole point of him was to just show how ridiculous those attitudes were. To parody people that like was, that. That yeah. was the whole point of it. Just, but the problem all is, all the PC crowds like that. Think that that's, that. that's no people like that think that's a hero of theirs on TV. Uh, Finally, somebody said it right. Somebody yeah, said, yeah. Oh, he was it, he was supposed to be poking fun at all that stuff. Yeah, but he was too on the nose because mm. he, he was a I, wee I, bit too got, close to. Yeah, I, I've still got people on, on the Twitter on my Twitter who have mm. Alf Garnet, uh, and you know they're saying all this UKIP stuff and all this, mm. um, you know. Get him out! Yeah, send him all back! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send him back his base! Um, so, like, clearly, you know, people took him up to heart because it was exactly For the like wrong reason, because. Which is kind of scary, really, when you think about it. Yeah, but. Uh, it's the complete opposite thing of what the intention was. Yeah, actually, there's no. You can't That's people, people for you! No, no legislating <laughs> for people, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, that was season three, episode one. Uh, before we go into episode. Uh, the number one pick. Uh, We'll get your favourite episodes because I don't think you've actually mentioned them yet. Like, well, you said I the told Christmas. You, told you mine. The Christmas episode. Uh, what about what about yourself? Uh, hmm. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, Eurovision. You go for Eurovision. Yeah. Yeah. Europe, yeah. yeah, I it's think so. Just the the sheer impact it's had since. Uh, I think it's I think it's untouchable. Yeah. Last episode. yeah. Um, like, even when we go to our winner, I don't think the impact it's had has been quite as. Uh, Penetrative, as in, like, you're not just going to a bar and somebody will know what uh, a character uh, when I reveal them. Yeah, it, will it, be. It, they just hit some sort of creative high point with the My Lovely Horsey stuff. Yeah, well, Neil yeah. Hannon is a is a is brilliant pop songwriter, like. Yeah, um, that My Lovely Horse thing was just like you couldn't touch it, like. Yeah. <laughs> and the music video uh, apparently is based on a uh, you know an existing Euro Eurovision. Music video of the time. Yeah, yeah. Like the they're all slightly dodgy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just the two of them in a hotel swimming pool, just oh. tapping a wee beach ball. Yes. <laughs> with, uh, I, I heard some commentary on that. Like it's a, it's almost like a shot for shot kind of thing. Like, like the, the cheese is exaggerated, but not by a hell of a lot. It's <laughs> like Dougal, yeah. we have to lose the saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just really caught that kind of Irish cheesiness. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Nailed it to a T. Well, if you're if you're listening to this right in Northern Ireland, we're about to we're about to undergo an election on the second of March. <laughs> undergo an election yeah. like it's surgery or something. <laughs> well, it practically is. For fuck's sake, we yeah, have elections every fucking election five minutes. Yeah. We just sit down for five minutes and just do your fucking work. Anyway, just govern. <laughs> yeah. Just govern. We want to be ruled, please. <laughs> but anyway, uh, anyway, yesterday, yesterday there was, I want to be dominated. 
Yesterday there was a party political broadcast by the Ulster Unionist Party, and I swear to fuck. Yes, <laughs> it wasn't too far away from the swabbery or from the. Christ, that was bad. From the. Uh, I haven't seen that, but my brain's just doing telling me exactly what it was well, like. Well, <laughs> the concept, right? It's so hacky. It's like somebody wakes up from a coma and. Uh, one of the UUP members has to fill them in what's been going on for the last 10 years. <laughs> but it looks at the future lads like, but, <laughs> oh jeez, it, it was awful. Anyway, you should look that up on YouTube um, uh, if you're listening. He turns up talking about the future. I'm intrigued, but there's another part of me that thinks life's too short. It's, oh. it's like two minutes or something. It's like a scene from Father Ted, but it's meant straight. It's yeah. horrible. It's, it's almost unparatable. It's, you know, like, oh. it's accidental partridge of the worst kind. Like it, um, yeah, so it is. I'm not going to see this like being covered in the last leg on Friday or something, and they uh, scrape in the barrel section. I don't know about the last leg. That's maybe too national. Like the yeah, they don't get us. Yeah, well, nobody, nobody in the island of no, nobody gets us. No, nobody in the the mainland island uh, pays much attention to what's happening in the six counties. So uh, they they have no idea what's going on. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yes, and I've got a few housekeeping things. Um, you didn't actually tell us what you're getting up to, Glenn. Uh, are you anything to promote? I got nothing, man. I got nothing. Actually, I'm doing a line of audiobooks. Mm, yeah. Get him. Audiobooks. Yeah. Uh -huh. With my dulcet tones. His um his distinctive voice is yeah. going to be the voice. Well, actually, of... rented from there will be a couple of kids ones, which I w which I would hype, but I can't actually remember the titles because I haven't done them yet. And also some stuff like guides to Lauren and manga and stuff. Very good, very good. Uh, really exciting stuff. Yeah. Uh, my dulcet tones. Are you the, you're the voice of the guide to Lauren and Banger then? Uh, yes. You mm, hear right. my dulcet tones. Who could can, not can hear this voice I'm for several hours? I, I, would, I would like to listen to your guide to Lion Banker just to see how that... <laughs> I will get you a copy, yeah. Uh, describe, this, describe this room in your dulcet tones to the listeners. This is where we've done most of our recording. There's been a few episodes where we've... And the, the, the Mac and Espy flat contains many exciting items. Here we have some uh, stained white Y-fronts. Mm, sort of yellowish at the front. Who knows what that could be. And moving on, we have oh, what appears to be packets of white powder sitting beside... what. A box of children's toys covered in blood, yes. And then we have a couple of excellent um, uh, electric guitars. The, the 50 Guitars About Rock and Roll poster. And uh, an immensely cool TV, actually. This is this is not Kayfield, this is real. He actually does have a cool TV. We are going to steal that on the way out. He's going to distract you. I'm going to and what's this French? <laughs> what's that word? French porn... Porn... Uh, Pornography, por por pornograph it must be some art thing James is into. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's a uh, Betty Blue film that I've already it. <laughs> it's art, Mom! It's, it's art! It's, it's research, Mom! <laughs> <laughs> I've what, what heard that's art, yeah. But it's kind of like me talking like that in a cheesy sort of. I really wish you had taken that seriously because I actually did want to want you to describe this room. Well, do really? You, you didn't even mention the whiteboard? Oh, yeah, it's kind of. I had to turn my neck. No, 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 now nobody's going to believe any of your alternative facts oh, about actually, what's actually he, in this he room. It does actually have a whiteboard. Alternative facts are lies. We know that. Now. It has a whiteboard <laughs> full of Doctor Doom-like plans to conquer the universe. No, this is actually true. Yeah. Uh, yeah so you can disregard the first two entries and the the, the French entry. The white fronts are real too. But yeah, yeah. The James don't has say, a, don't say French. He has a whiteboard <laughs> that contains various plans yeah. for world domination. Yeah. And and some uh, self-esteem like. Uh, yeah, I, I can't actually remember who wrote that. Every uh, day I am becoming a god. It yeah. just says I love myself Step in big writing. Yeah. Um, Song, that, song a day. I think, I think is that, song a day on it. Yeah. Why have you written? Song, it? Yes, that's our New Year's resolution, actually. Yes, uh, so is that, is that's that a nice segue for us, actually. Uh, have you written in Latin there? Where's the Latin? Is there a DM something? Or? Oh yeah, DM carped. So whenever we achieve something, we've carped that DM. 
You've cut that DM. Yeah. She's the dead. Gather what fruits while you may. James, your segue, do it now. Ignore Lindsay's I was, I was going to just give you a slap for writing in Latin on your whiteboard, but I get what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> do, do the segue. Do the segue. Well, the segue was uh, New Year's resolution song a day. So um, <sighs> what I've been doing is uh, every day since the start of the year, I've been trying to listen to at least one new piece of music every day that I haven't heard before. It doesn't have to be brand new. It doesn't have to be in the charts or anything, but something I haven't heard. Uh, and I've been putting together uh, a lot of playlists and such on YouTube. So if you can find my YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash James McInespy, or actually it's not that, you just search James McInespy in YouTube. Uh, and uh, we've also got, I'm also appearing in Playboy the Western World in April. Uh, so if you're in Belfast, uh, definitely come down to that. Uh, you can check out what, I'm, what else I'm doing on blog.jamesmcinespy.co.uk. Uh, it's very, uh, very well up to date blog there. It's only got 30, 30 views from me. From my post, it's getting very, you know, very hard to carry on. It's like a more upbeat tone. Yeah. <laughs> Today uh, was an especially hard oh, day geez. as an actor. But yeah. do, you, do you want to bring me up? You can go he's to patreoncom slash jmaca. He's uh, making us sound so dull and useless, isn't he? Well, we've been doing nothing. <laughs> oh, you're doing loads, but you haven't got your Patreon page. Uh, Patreon.com slash jmaca. So that's uh, basically what I'm trying to do is to raise funds to make a Black Books podcast. So I do want to continue on doing this, uh, but I want, to, I want to make it a bit more um, higher quality. So I want to get to studios. I want to be able to uh, pay for guests. Sorry, guys. Uh, you, might not have, you might not have been told. There's no money for this. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. But shit. We get, we get it. home. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'd like to be able to pay, I guess. And if we hit a very high target, now it is a very high target, it's £10,000. If we do hit that, uh, I will be able to pay fees for you know guests from actual black books. So, well, uh, so you know, I'll be able to get you know stars of the show, people connected to the show, producers and everything. Uh, so patreon.com slash jmaka if you want to see that uh, come to fruition. And I'm also, as I said earlier, I'm doing a crossover episode with uh, Media MD. It's an Australian podcast um, where they ask for recommendations and I'll be recommending Father Ted. So listen, uh, check that out for that on iTunes and uh, where you get your where you normally get your podcasts. Uh, and of course, don't forget to follow me at James I. McInespy on Twitter. So, without further ado... I've forgotten what we're doing. <laughs> without further ado... The number one. Yeah. <laughs> and number one, the greatest episode of Father Ted of all time, season three, episode three, speed three. Randy Milkman, Pat Mustard, causes havoc on the island. It's me, Father. Bastard. Who's that? Is that you, Mustard? You got me sacked. And now I'm having to yank myself off round the clock because I haven't got any proper sex with girls. Well, if you're going to use that language... No. Don't hang up. Something to tell you. I've left a little surprise on the milk float your little friend took off me. Something to remember me by. A bomb. What? <laughs> a very special bomb. When your little friend gets to over four miles an hour, then the bomb will be armed. But when he comes back under four miles an hour, then... Sorry, I lost it there. What happens when it goes under four miles an hour? Line of the show. What's going on? Father Hackett's got very fond of that brick. <laughs> it's a great old pet for him. He doesn't have to feed it or clean it or take it to the vet. Suits him down to the ground. I love my brick. What we said at the time. But uh, Mrs. Doyle thinks it tells me a bit jealous of all the attention she's paying to, to Pat Mustard. And there might be a hint of um, 
into truth to that remark because he does. Uh, it's that remark that sort of sparks him to going into his detective mode. Is why is he like? Why does he care so much? Yeah. Yes. Him to then go and sort of blow the whistle as it. Well, not really yeah. blow the whistle. They go into a full like you know mission. Yes. yes. With with you know private investigator uh, equipment. Uh, well, this would definitely be a top five. In fact, it would be one of the stronger top fives. Uh, it's it, a character, Pat exactly, Mustard. Exactly, Pat Mustard. It sets everybody, but it sets, it sort of like looks into, you know, it, it plays on popular culture. Wow. It's got, it gives us the, the cliches, yeah. all, the, you know, all the tropes of, the, of an action movie. Mm-hmm. He is the villain and he's set up. He's not re- as you say, he's not really a villain. He's yeah, just he's, a wee bit randy. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And no one's but see, back in the 90s, Ireland, though. <laughs> so there you go, a favourite episode as voted by, by uh, 23% of our listeners. A classic, a classic. Uh, speed 3, I, I think, yeah, I think we can all... I accept that. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I think we can all be happy enough with that, that, yeah. uh, you know, if uh, the last vestige of uh, Father Ted is that one episode, mm. we'd be... Uh, like that's the only one that could survive the apocalypse. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is coming to sharp focus in the last, uh, in the last few months. Which is, which is happening in like a few weeks' time, I think. Yeah. Uh, before the podcast goes live. Yeah. Yeah, which is about... Why are we even doing this? Ten o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've had nothing else to do this year. But, but the, yeah, speed three is like a, uh, it's kind of like you were saying there. It's got all the pop cultural like movie tropes, and it does them really well with the craggy island lameness. Yes, yeah. Because so, it's a crazy place where this stuff can happen, and it has like the it's like a classic trope, the kind of the randy village. Do you know, uh, like Benny Hill, old guy Benny Hill thing. Yeah. But you combine that with the Hollywood movie stuff, and it's just it's a hilarious the, combo. Like it really yeah. does work. This wasn't that long after Speed was, but uh, it was probably a few years within, actually. Within about two years, uh, yeah. actually no, it would have been. It would uh, be longer three, than that. Three years, yeah. The Speed f- was like what early nineties or something. I did actually say this on the podcast. I think it was ninety four. Was it? So the episode. Yeah, that's later than I thought it was. Um, it was actually on the other night, and I didn't watch it. <laughs> well, I, I sort of you know the way when you're flicking around and you land on something, and then you flick away again when the ads start. So I was doing that and sort of kept flicking back to it. It really doesn't hold up. It, re- it, re- it did it, was, it really badly. Oh, it was so huge at the time. I know, and I I remember it being like you know a class film, but like the, the script is so clunky, and uh, the action set pieces are genuinely brilliant. But you know, it's so, sometimes it's like you could easily just. You know, got the guy off the right there, and no, no, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, high speed. Yeah, yeah. We, we missed so many opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a fan theory about speed, right? Uh, it, it's uh, it's not quite. You know, they're all pedophiles and they're all the island because they've raped yeah. children. Reddit, <laughs> as Greasy Moron said. No, it, it's like uh, it's more of those like warbling <laughs> intellectual kind of bullshitty theories that if you look at the villain in Speed, he looks kind of quasi Neanderthal like. Right, like he's kind of like a brutish-looking figure, right. and he drives the bus with all the helpless people on it to oblivion. Right, and, and if it slows down, it's all going to crash. And what this symbolises is that he's he is our our innermost primal self, who's ultimately driving the bus that will destroy us all. And society is the bus man. And it if, we very, slow, if we uh, slow down long enough. So it's like a metaphor for all of Western society on this one boss. That's, that's more of a treatise than a theory. It's more of a it's more of a warbling <laughs> treatise. Uh, uh, and I would say it wasn't a very piece of representative cross section of I, society I, on that bus. So. I, I got quite no, excited you, about that, and it didn't pay off. Yeah, well, uh, who is on the bus? Like, it, it's mostly just white suburban Americans, isn't it? Like, it's well, not. It's not the point, Glenn. It's human lives. There's a, <laughs> a, a Native American. There's a, a black driver. Of course, oh, who, well, there you go. Who, who, who Tech. Died, who <laughs> dies first? Two boxes. Was tech. there a gay guy as well? There wasn't any gay people. Oh uh, well, there was a Latino criminal. Intersectional uh, failure, right there. Uh, yeah. 
yeah. uh, and there was there was a guy do you remember that sitcom Sin, Spin City oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. sitcom that he used had to watch that yeah, yeah. He got there was to. a guy from that in it and I can't remember yeah yeah I can't he, he just plays yeah. a sort of out of towner mm. who sort of drops in and is like oh well, he's brilliant he's taking photographs of all of the things from outside the bus which is just the freeway do you know what I mean because the bus is just going down a freeway then yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah no it was uh, Speed 3 um, yeah it was, it, it was brilliant like it was uh hugely funny uh yeah it was one of the very few episodes that did actually show mass being said it, it did <laughs> yeah just, there's nothing to be said for having another mass <laughs> god i love oh. saying mass <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite bits yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, i remember we were talking before uh when i was on the floor because i'm a three-time three-time guest you should have mentioned it or from colin <laughs> the poet sorry colin it's my bitterness man i was actually going to bring him on here today well, well, was he was he busy that would have brought him up to five oh then i'd be like hey Carl, nice to meet <laughs> you he wasn't man. available yeah. so you called us well, then i brought him up to five that's totally what happened anyway let's not get sidetracked let's not get sidetracked talk about my bitterness and failures uh, we'll do that after the podcast is over yeah. no, but um, we were saying before when I was on when I was on before that they generally the, the writers wanted to avoid showing Ted doing his job because they didn't find that that interesting so this episode is the, as James said that's the exception where you see them doing mass yeah. there's another one where you see Dougal take over from Ted and actually do the job but this is the other one where you really do see a mass but they use it so funny it's yeah. like wacky <laughs> fucking races where they, so they drive up the side don't they and with try a, to at a tractor and there's just some trailer at the back of the tractor <laughs> and, and it's, it's, like it's all so they have often, every so often the, the tractor sort of jolts so they're, they're kind of steady with the Eucharist and they're, you know. it's kind of like with the plane situation it's all they have to offer is prayer isn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything to be said for having another mass? And of course, Dirkle's reaction when, when he realizes the mass is coming up. Ah, no! Yes! <laughs> yeah. uh, and doesn't it have uh, the, the biscuit or cake moment as well? Is that in this Yes, episode? that is. Yes. yes yeah. uh, biscuit or cake. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> biscuit <laughs> or cake. And, uh, <laughs> and then the other the other character, Arthur Lennon, Lennon, Arthur, Lennon mm. Arthur Matthews, played. Uh, uh, it reminds me of a story. Now, this is a good story. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just desperately trying to get them to, to, we need to come up with some ideas. No, no, what are you here? This is a great story. Yeah. <laughs> I know, see when you get the, the Craggy Island lameness? Yeah. That parody of, you know, Irish parochialism? When that meets the big Hollywood kind of like story mm. arc, it's just incredibly yeah. funny. It just works. Yeah, because there's always a, there's, in every car chase in Hollywood, especially in the nineties, there was something, some obstacle that had to drive through in the middle of the road. Yeah, so, and Father's Head, of course, just a perfectly aligned triangle of boxes. Yeah, there's only one lane of the road, so yeah. people probably easily could have driven around them. <laughs> instead, <laughs> Ted has to dramatically go up and move them. And of course, it's when he's moving them, he's forming another triangle on the other, <laughs> and then he just drives through them from five feet anyway. <laughs> It's just four it's mile just an hour thing. That's, that's how fast things move in yeah. Craggy Ireland. <laughs> it just so so. It's kind of like high concept. You just get a clever enough idea, and it generates the episode. You know, it's spade, but on Craggy Island. Yeah. With Father Ted versus the Milkman. It's, instead of instead of a boat, it's a. Yeah, it's a milk float. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and there's another classic line. Oh, I just lost it there. Uh, Oh, never mind, sorry. <laughs> but isn't it, like, Dougal's always dreamt of being a, uh, a milkman. It's his yeah. one chance to fulfill that dream. Yes, and that's it. And, the, and it's also UHT milk, which doesn't go out for days, but nobody, there's no demand for that because it's shite. <laughs> 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 and, anyway, that could have been a line of the show, but again, we can only have one line of the show, and 
Like he packed it so full, it was just like it was bursting at the seams. It's incredible. With comedy, it, it, uh, comedy Richley gold. deserves to be number one. Definitely. I mean, I, 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 maybe the Eurovision one edges it out for me, but that would probably be my number two. Yeah, mm. and it's very close. It's like uh, you have to sit agonising, you know. Well, exactly. I mean, as I said, so uh, Speed Three got twenty three percent of the votes. Um, uh, Are you right there, Father Head? The rest of the episode got twenty one percent, and then Song for Europe got eighteen. So it was sort of the best of the rest really because the next one down got 10% so it was three of them sort of creamed ahead in the early voting I can see why and then uh, it became apparent that you know Speed 3 was going to actually uh, pull through in the end but it just yeah. really works the high conceptness just really works yeah you know that, uh, it's a Hollywood kind of like uh, quick way of generating ideas where you kind of go Twin Peaks on a spaceship with Colin Farrell you know, you just combine yeah. these elements. It's it's, a, it's dinosaurs, World War Two, William Mason. That's your treatment right there. Yeah. <laughs> or give me the wire, but it's cyborgs. Yeah. And it's kind of like that. It's you know, it's Father Ted meets Speed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was fantastic. Fantastic. So, any any else you need to add? Do I have anything else to write? Oh yes, yes. Uh, we were doing a running count of the Agwans that Mrs. Joy oh, said. Yeah. Do you want oh, to hazard yeah. a guess what number we arrived at? Uh, there, uh, I will just say there is two separate numbers. One, which includes the uh, the larger number, which includes when she used it on cue cards. So I'll, I'll ask you for that number. What do you think that was? It's got to be quite high. She said it a lot. Uh, now she says it a lot, but like how often is a lot? Do you know, how many? Say she said it on average, maybe about ten times in each episode, maybe. And you've got average? to factor in that you know that go on, go, go on, on, go on. You will. Yeah, yeah. You don't count your wills. Just go on. Just, just I go on. Yeah. I go on. This is hard. <laughs> right, give me a number quick. I'm gonna say 150. <laughs> give me a number. I would go below that in the 80s. These are nowhere near, and this sort of validates my early theory as well. It was 44 if you include the the, the uh, cue cards. Oh, oh right, so it doesn't even. Yeah. And that also includes 25 said in one go. Uh, to um, Henry Sellers so she's only actually said it in six separate episodes so she said it a lot less than we thought she yeah, did yeah exactly it's not as much of a catcher as everyone assumes it to be yeah again um, it's just well, a memorable it thing work. <laughs> if, you, if you kept repeating it all the time like you know like all the time it just wouldn't work it's just everybody else kept repeating it not her well, yeah exactly and she did do a she did do a tax return ad ah go on get your taxes in ah, oh, you oh yeah, yeah which I had completely <laughs> forgot about it was reminded about it while doing the podcast um, but yeah so it's she didn't say it at all in season three and only said it, she only did the cue cards in season two. Everything apart from that was in season one. So That's, um, that's surprising. Yeah. I was shooting too high with the 80s. I just wasn't, I couldn't remember how, you know, in that one episode where she says it a lot. Yeah. I was like, did she say it 20 times? 25 times. I, 25 like, times or, yeah. I honestly thought she said it at least a couple of times every episode. No, like it, it, there's, like uh, I, should, I played to Durham in season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, or sorry, season one, episode three, um, where she's trying to get the bishop. The bishop for, turns up for the first time, trying to get him to take a drink. And the amount of ways they sort of convolute around, saying "have another," ha- "oh, you will have another one." Mm. The amount of different phrases they use, the amount of creativity they actually use to oh. get to get her personality of just like the, the sort of constant pecking, <laughs> where you finally break down. Uh, it was. It was. Yeah, it's great. Well, there you are now. Oh yeah, I meant to ask. Uh, did you cover in the name of completion the very brief uh, was it comic relief uh, or possibly children need can't remember which 
There's a Father Ted Vicar of Dibley brief comedy crossover. I have nothing to do with that, no. Yeah, oh, so, uh, podcasting oh, complete. James has failed. I'll have to do a postmortem. That'll, yeah. that'll have to be a bonus episode territory. I did, yeah. yeah, I'm going to check with you. Like, if that, I think that exists. It's in my memory as I'd it happened. Surpri- like, you I know. wouldn't be surprised because every year they just uh, come in relief. Shit, it's the feds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hide uh, the legal podcast. <laughs> uh, every every year. Hide everything. It's him. It was him. Just <laughs> flipping James under the bus and run. He made us do it. It's, uh, it's only one. It's only one fire engine today, so it's, it's not not a big fire. Uh, Quickly, smash the hard drive. It's, it's probably, to be honest, given the winds we've had, it's probably a tree falling over somewhere. Yeah. Totally, a bit fell off my roof when I was leaving the house. I just discovered oh, really? it on the drive. Uh, it is it your house or is it rented house? It was my house, but it's um, like a. I think it's part of the. Well, I found it in my drive, but I couldn't see where it fell off. Just a bit of I'm slit. hoping it may have just. It was wood, was I thought it was part of the eaves. But I haven't sort of spotted where it's come from yet. You're, you're cracked in, finally. I'm hoping collapsed, it's yeah. uh, next door, it's just blew yeah. into my drive. <laughs> probably you know it's five doors down and just blew. <laughs> the wind is strong enough to do that. Yeah. Please don't listen to the slates coming up the roof in my own place. Please don't let that happen. I don't have my money. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why are we laughing? Poor Lindsay's got, uh, got, got her house falling I'll, I'll figure it out in the morning. Because the morning. <laughs> is funny when it happens to other people. Yeah. I don't it's know what has happened. Comedy is tragic, tragedy plus time. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> was it, I'm just hoping this bit of wood has come from somewhere completely harmless that isn't going to cost me any money. Well, you say that, this building is very old. I think it goes back to about 18... I used to live in a couple of flats down there and they, uh, I told you this before, the ceiling did fall in and we're not on the top floor here. Yeah, we're in the middle of three floors. Yes, I Well, four if you count the bottom floor. We had, a, we had a terrible incident with some uh, guttering that hadn't been cleared out in years, causing the whole ceiling to fall in through the flat above and into my flat. The, La- we laugh about it now. The, the, all the water and everything as well. Thick and grim, yeah. It well, was, uh, yeah. Uh, one, one of the residents who also lives upstairs, um, uh, Maggie C. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I lived um, I lived on this floor. It wasn't the top floor. It would do you well, flat. I, the flat above me was empty. That's how. It, was seeping through for a while before it came into my. Well, it's. Uh, <laughs> uh, I met I met another resident from the top floor uh, on the bottom floor when we were doing a fire evacuation because Ooh. they were very, very strict. Despite the fact there is a fire station right across the road, <laughs> they're very they're very tight strict with uh, fire laws and everything. There's alarms everywhere. And the reason is because the entire third top floor of the building was on fire one year about five years ago as well. They had a fl- they had and a then, flood and they managed to set fire to the place. Yeah, and that's, then that's unbelievable. Just <laughs> wind. Uh, uh, fire and, and water. Then, and then there was that time. Quick and he's got no, no. There was well, that time on, I, f- I found a severed finger in the lift, <laughs> and uh, they didn't want seem to too interested in that. Severed finger. <laughs> so the guy's finger was in the freaking lift one night when I came in pissed. This is about ten years ago. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> do you remember when I used to live in twenty five? That's screech. Oh yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. About a million years ago. <laughs> one day he'll be back for that finger. It wasn't his. I haven't remembered that. <laughs> you, you don't. Oh, it wasn't. Uh, Hmm? I don't you know. Who, know I don't know. I don't know who the. Did you not lift the evidence? I wasn't touching it. Did you report it to the? I did report. I did report it to the relevant authorities. But it was still sitting there sometime afterwards. I'm sure all going the, uh, a bit black. I'm sure all the working girls who worked in this building at the time were very appreciative yeah. of you the doing girl, that. Um, the girl next door. Well, she used to have her like uh, washing machine on all the time. To we know. We know why. I think. I think. She, I think she was sitting on it. I think it's okay. The the, the finger killer only preys well, on she was podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, I think she was seeing a guy who was into that. Oh, I see. Yeah. I, are you still going to say, James? 
Uh, See, they can go on a tangent. They can go on a tangent. Yeah. Well, the show's over now. Oh, we're still recording. We're still recording. <laughs> so, any regrets, James, about dedicating your life to this, or did you enjoy the experience? Uh, you watched your father Ted. Did you yes, like it? I did actually. Yes, sir, I really did. Um, uh, I hadn't actually seen Father Ted in a long time before this, and uh, yeah, I, I decided in the second episode to experiment a bit with the format because it didn't quite hit right uh, in the first episode. So I tried something different in the second episode, and then again something different in the third episode, and then it sort of became the format of the podcast was to do something different every week yeah and, and you definitely <laughs> got uh, more natural and better as it went along I, I do the first so, yeah. time well the first time you've got it's the first time you do it and you're setting it all up technically but you have that kind of like you know like I'm playing a TV presenter on stage kind of vibe yes you know? yeah welcome uh, to the Father Ted podcast yeah. waka 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 yeah, but you're kind of you <laughs> by like a few weeks in you're you doing it uh, and I didn't notice the third episode with Derm uh, I was sort of I think it helped that it was Derm as well because he can chat quite well um, <laughs> like he, you can't stop him man. Well, exactly, stop him. exactly. <laughs> shove, um, a, shove a stock in his throat he still keeps going waterboard him he, he, he won't chop well, Father Ted yeah. is kind <laughs> of like an anime <laughs> I saw in 1970s uh, yeah. and uh, with and also because I knew him so long it was easier to sort of chat to him as well but um, <coughs> you have a Dermon as well is he not from down your neck of the woods is he yeah he's from Oma yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I was I was going to try and get him on for this but uh, something better he's to do so, oh, yeah. um, can I take this opportunity to compliment James on these amazing mutton chops oh yes thank you they, uh, I think you could get those down in a few inches though will you do that for me uh, like say, there's been another <laughs> ripper killing, sir. You kind of got that going on. Yeah, you'd, be, Holmes. you'd be you'd be great a, as a sort of extra on uh, the original Doctor Watson Sherlock Holmes series, or well, per- perhaps in a Charles Dickens <laughs> thing. Or I, w- I, w- I would like to get some Dickensian work, but uh, yeah, I don't know the RP sort of natural RP. Yeah, but you've got the hair, and that's all that matters. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> Show your boots, Governor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have it out of well, somebody. <laughs> Come on, Glenn, give us a blast of your Mr. Whatever it was from Nickleby. My who? Whatever the fuck it was. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> you said it for Squares? Yes, yeah, there yeah. was Mr. Scripps. I keep calling it Scripps for some reason. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, I did, he was the full blown. Like, I, I kind of made him uh, Cockney for some reason, or pseudo Cockney, you know, like. Yeah, uh, you were like the the, the hitcher to me. He, he was kind of, he was like, kind of like, I'll have it out of somebody, Nickleby. And since you're so good at that, you can stand outside and polish it with a rest. Right? Oh. Okay, yeah, you, that you, makes me go. You were like to hit all the cliches. <laughs> right? oh, Let's awesome. put on a whole like Dickensian show. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. I'll be so good at that. We'll, we'll do it as an audio podcast. Uh, can, we get pissed, <laughs> can we get pissed before we do it? Because we'll, we'll just if be we do so an audio, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you're looking to do a Black Books podcast to follow yes. up on this? Yes, show? Black Books. You, you, so. you are Bernard, aren't you? If if, <laughs> yes. if, if if you can commit, I, mean, I am looking for something else to do it on a weekly basis. We we can commit if you if you give us coffee, we'll commit. Uh, yeah. That's not part of the deal. You <laughs> we'll have see, water. See what I want to do. If I do hit another target, like a, a lower target, I want to, to go to independent bookstores and record in different ones each like, week. Uh, cool, uh, cool. Also we shouldn't really say any names online, but we all know what we're talking about here, don't we? Uh, Some of the well-known ones in Belfast. Well, the likes of Bookfinders and the likes yes, of yes, uh, or no alibis. Uh, Bookfinders might be up to that, you know. Well, oh, yeah. So yeah, and then they, they love a good event. Every, like, there's loads in London. I, I would definitely try and get oh. the one where it's filmed. Are we going on a road trip to London, James? Uh, we'll see. Well, you are anyway. It was <laughs> just we, pale face. If, if the listeners go to patreon.com slash jmaca, it's J. Please, J- please, Mac-A. please make this happen. Yeah, and obviously you just need to contribute yourselves. So. Can we? Um, <laughs> Is there any other shows? Can we help them well? make up their minds a little bit? Can we? Um, 
like would you do terrible Batman things will happen or if you don't Doctor Who oh, hang on you can't have two voices in the mic but oh, yeah. shut up Lindsay yeah. I was just doing some just sort of low level threatening stuff <laughs> <laughs> if we do it at the target well unfortunately I don't have I have the cities of all my listeners but not the specific addresses so unless you have have we got any listeners who have money well we'll have to find out won't we well we'll see we'll yeah. see if they have money they're away spending it on ding ding ding, ding 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 there's nobody on the planet has money anymore except for like maybe six people just like Donald Trump <laughs> that's Do- true Donald Trump has some money he's got a few quid but he's not allowed to do anything well, nobody, on this, nobody on this planet has money that they don't owe to other people that's true except about six people well, what Donald about Trump the people who are owed money to they owe it to somebody else it's all just a big circle of, of pain yeah Anyway, <laughs> anyway. We'll, we'll wrap it up there. We'll say thank you very much to everyone who has tuned in over the course of the podcast, uh, to all my guests, including yourselves, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. And Glenn. Three times! Three times! Glenn's Apart three from th- Pussy Poet Boy, three times! Can't take him anywhere. Yeah. Glenn three times Hamill, uh, who's no relation, of course, to the Star Wars actor. Although no, that's his. He, he, does tell, he does tell that to girls at parties, though. Yeah, Mark is my cousin. Uh, but I, you've gone this far with a lie you got to keep it up but uh, you're the second person you, before you got on the mic uh, Lindsay said I look like Mark Hamill he does he so does since the start of the year can, you, can you stick a wee like, mug God he's all pleased look he's all pleased <laughs> I do the people, the people need to see <laughs> what you are like yeah. this. Right, I do, he looks I do, like him after that ice accent and it's just so happening if he hopefully I've got enough space to actually take a photo here a selfie uh, I'm going to get out of the road here no no you have to be in that's the whole point I don't want to look terrible I don't I would have I didn't wash. I didn't wash. I would have considered my parents if I'd known this was going to happen. Of course, it's going to happen. It's a visual. You have to, you know, have to go online. Yeah, he does have that Luke Skywalker after that car crash. He was. You totally see that. Didn't he? After he fell into the volcano. We're going to do Batman the animated series. What about a Doctor Who podcast? James, the possibilities. There's a thing on. There was a thing on fucking Reddit or something about how Capaldi was let down by the scripts. He was. I I actually honestly thought you wrote it. That's <laughs> exactly what the rant I've been hearing for years. I think since. I know the one you mean, and yes, that, that article well, was fine. Uh, hate to break it to everyone, but that guy's a shout writer. Did you not see the fucking Sherlock finale? It was fucking terrible. It we've was, all, we've actually, already yeah. bitched about this. Yeah. See, well, we've got to do this. We'll stuff. not do this on the mic. We'll, 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 we'll wrap it up there. We'll say thank you very much. And for the very last time, and goodbye! <laughs>